For everybody at home that is about to embark on a marathon, you're about to uh, hear some stuff about mentorship, the why. Why was it a good day? Why was it a bad day? We talk about your own reality, what other people think and how you should feel about that. We dwell into a little bit of food, health and fitness and talk about different philosophies. We talk about information and news, manifestation, bad feelings, good feelings. And uh, then we talk about the influences. What the fuck are actual influences? And do they have a place in the world? And uh, finally, are you still yourself? Or are you who you want to be? Hey guys, uh, welcome to the Sevo Show. Uh, We are here on uh, March 24th, 2021, and we have a special guest in from Perth this time, not across uh, the country uh, via Zoom, in the studio at the Pod Hub Studio. Actually, the inaugural guest at the Pod Hub Studio for this specific podcast. His name is James. Hello, everybody. How are we? Thanks for joining us here today, James. Uh, now, for everybody uh, listening, his actual full name is James Bond, <laughs> which is uh, um, quite special. Um, how did you come about that name? Obviously, your parents gave it to you, but what was their reasoning behind it? Yeah, it's, a, it's actually a really good story. So, um, my mum got remarried around the time when I was 15, and my stepdad decided that he was going to revert to his mother's maiden name before the wedding and we all wanted to have the same name so it was one big family unit so it was kind of two weeks beforehand they're like hey by the way your new name is going to be James Bond so I thought this was fantastic that's great and uh how's that affected you in like everyday life obviously people will go oh wow that's cool yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting, but not in the way that everyone thinks. So, I, of course, I get lots of jokes, you know, shaken, not stirred and things like that, um, <laughs> especially when I was younger. Um, but the most interesting thing is whenever I call up somewhere and I'll they'll ask for my name and I'll say, <laughs> yeah, it's James Bond. And they go, okay, yep, James Blonde. No, no, James Bond. And I have to actually spell James Bond to people because they come up with blonde and bond and all sorts of weird things. They just don't believe you? No, wow. they don't believe it. <laughs> all right, so James Bond. Who the fuck are you? Like, That's a, ve- that's a loaded question. Yeah. Um, so I guess my history. Um, so I was a lead singer in a pop punk band. We toured Australia, um, number one on Triple J Unearthed. So that was part of my life for a long time. Uh, I was a car salesman. I was once married, now divorced. Um, Now I'm a salesperson and that's what I do. But I guess who I am as a person is a completely different thing altogether. Um, And I was actually thinking about this on the way here. Uh, A lot of the time we, we say to people, you don't know who I am or you don't know who, you know, who the person is that is standing in front of you. And that's because we don't tell them, we don't show them. I guess the person that I am deeper is someone that's, uh, I guess, striving or searching for adventure, trying to be better, trying to make sure that every single day I'm living life. That's how you answer the question, kids. That's exactly how you answer it. Now, uh, with your philosophical views, uh, we hit it off on uh, Instagram and just started following each other, I guess. And I was like, oh, cool. This guy, this guy does stuff. And uh, more recently, we would uh, bump into each other at uh, places like Connections and Connections. 
I think that's the only <laughs> place outside of this studio that I've ever seen you alive. So I know could be I know. yeah, could be living there. But um, with with your answer. Uh, instead of going, I mean, you gave me the uh, the cliche answer at the start of, of, you know, your backstory of what you've done, and then you've given me your kind of uh, morals in mm. a way, which is a, a, an amazing answer. How did you come about this answer? How did you come about learning more about yourself? Uh, so I started, I started with a, a deep dilemma in life, actually. So I was working as a car salesman at the time and I was doing it because I enjoyed people. I enjoyed, you know, earning money and that's what I thought I had to do. I thought that this system was built so that I would go out there, I'd make as much money as possible, I'd find happiness and, you know, I had everything that everyone wanted. I had a house, I had a wife, uh, I had a new Mercedes, like, you know, I was living a good life and a little dog as well called Jacob. And how old were you? Uh, I was, at the time, I would say about between the ages of 28 and 30. And then one day I was like, I feel unfulfilled. Like, I don't feel like I'm doing anything. I'm not, I'm not progressing in life and I'm not giving anything. Like, I could just disappear one day and it wouldn't matter. And that's a really dangerous place to be, but it was where I, I possibly found the best idea to move forward in life, how I could do it. And that was, I needed to be doing something where I was giving more of myself that I wasn't just doing things to take and thinking that that would make me feel whole inside by taking more from others. So I decided that I needed to give more. And when I started doing that, I realized, well, what do I have to give? What I've been doing all this for so long. Who am I? What is it that James can give to the world that he hasn't already been giving? And then I realized, well, I need to do some deeper inner work. I need to develop myself as a person. I need to figure out what's most important to me. What's my dominant question in life? And from there, it all exploded. Started reading more books, finding more mentors, connecting with people around the world. Just completely changed my life. And uh, do you have a defining moment where this started going, oh, shit, I need to do this right now? Um, Two moments. Um, One, when I was in a really dark space, um, which I won't go into too much detail for the listeners, but happy for them to send me messages. Um, But the second one was when the redundancies came through because of this whole thing which is going on with the world um, and I lost my job. And so I was this was last year? Yeah, last year. Um, this was the turning point where I decided, you know what, what you're giving now and what you've learnt, you haven't imparted that to enough people. That was the key. So it's great to do the inner work, it's great to develop yourself, it's great to learn, but there's no point in learning unless you go to that next step and you start helping others. You start teaching people, you start giving back that knowledge that you've taken. The wisdom that you have earned is not yours to keep. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So, and uh, and how old are you now for the listeners? 31? 35. 35? Yeah, I know. Right. I right. look about 12. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, and, and again, for the listeners, uh, go check out the, uh, the Instagram uh, on this to, to put a, a face to a voice uh, so they know who they're uh, listening to. But uh, yeah, you're not, you're not wrong. I, I thought you were like somewhere in your 20s. That's insane. Um, so uh, James, with this whole, you know, change in your life um, and what you're feeling, what, what happened next um, from that point where you, you know, started kicking forward? Yeah, so from there, I decided if I'm going to do something with it, then I need someone who has done more than I have 
to mentor me. I need to do someone who has a different skill set, a different knowledge base that's got wisdom from a different place. And I need to find out how they did it, what they did, why they did it uh, and where they did it. So that that way I could continue my journey and I could give back. Um, So I enlisted in a mentor. um, And at first it was just a physical and a mental mentor. Um, And then from there, I joined a community which then spanned off into a a whole rabbit hole of different things. Everything from uh, learning about the human body and the mind, learning about frequencies and things like that. Frequencies, that's a good topic. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a big one. Um, But not just that, but learning about history and the past and things like that. Um, but not getting caught in the negative loop of living there, but how I can take those teachings, those, uh, I guess, pearls of wisdom, take them, move forward with my own life. Nice, nice. And uh, have you, I, I feel that you have embraced stoicism as well. Well, that's another one. So um, every morning I do read um, like Marcus Aurelius meditations and things like that. Um, I think that there's so much more in life and what we do is, we get caught up in what we believe it to be. We get caught up in what we feel it to be. We get caught up in so much that it's not. And we forget that things are so simplistic in nature that for us to find peace and move forward in life is to break everything right down to its core and then understand what that means to us. And, and how do we know that what life is in front of us it, it isn't what it is? The easiest way is... In my life, and I guess this is from one experience, is to write down, I mean, you can journal, but just write down something, a question which is plaguing you or a feeling that's plaguing you and then keep going back and reducing it. Why is this? You know, you you go outside and it's so hot. I don't want to be out there. Why don't you want to be out there when it's hot? Oh, because it burns my skin. Well, why is it burning your skin? You have to keep going back to the the core, the, the common denominator. Find out what that is. It's similar to like what a dominant question is, um, which is something I learned. A, a lot of people, they go, I need to have this and then I'll be happy. It's like, well, why do you need that to be happy? Well, I need to, you know, buy this new bag because I'll feel so good when I get this new bag. Well, what's the bag doing? Because it's just a bag. At the end of the day, it's just materials. And no matter how they're harvested or they're put together, they're just a whole bunch of materials put together that make you feel happy. What is it? Oh, well, then people will like me because I've got this bag. Well, why do you want to be liked by those people? We, we overcomplicate everything in life. And when we find that everything is so simple, those complications fall away. A lot of the stress and the anxiety that we have that's crippling in society is just things that we've built up, constructs that we've built up that at the end of the day have no bearing on how well you're going to do in life. And uh, in terms of how well you're wanting to do in life, what defines your purpose? What defines you knowing that you're doing well in life? Personally, just personally. Personally, it's finishing the day and going, that was a good day. Okay, let's destruct it. Let's find the common denominator. What defines a good day for you, James? It's a day where... Regardless of conflicts that have arisen, I know that mentally, physically and spiritually, I'm still connected to myself and other people and that I've done less harm than I've done good. Less harm than you've done good. I could add to that if I can. Please. I would say for me a successful day is something that 
one, I've bettered myself from the previous day. So it's like exponential growth as well. Mm -hmm. And also that I've managed to do everything I could in that day to better not only myself, but also other people around me. Absolutely. Um, People that I know and people that I don't even know. Because I feel like that's the definition of not really the, the, the meaning of life, but if you go into that realm, it's, it's a, a, a point of being selfish first whilst you're learning yourself, getting the foundations right, and then getting to a point where you're selfless. Yes. And just like, hey, guys, I succeeded. This is how I did it. Give it a go. Or I feel like a lot of people, majority of the world actually, they're selfish more often because they want to keep it to themselves because they feel that it's all they have. And, you know, feeling this with you and, you know, vibing this with you, it's like, uh, why? Why do you want to keep all the cards to yourself? Why not share them around? Why not feel that successful day with someone else and, or teach them how to do it or help them become aware that that handbag that they bought is going to be there tomorrow but so is the next bag that comes out. And then it's like a never-ending process, you know? Absolutely. So um, with, your, with your why, deconstruct it further where, you, uh, where you, you bettered yourself and you've done more good than harm. What makes you think that you, you're doing good? Going real deep already. That, that is a really deep question. So what makes me think that I've done more good than harm? In the day. See, the first answer that would have come to mind first would have been very ego-based and that would be how I feel, which is dangerous because you can feel great about something that's caused a lot of harm to people and we've seen that through history. Without even realising it too. Absolutely. So how do you pivot from that? So then the, the next one would be a spiritual answer and that would be how well was everything aligned did I have to go out of my way to make things happen or did they just happen naturally? But again, dangerous answer because a lot of people have done things in the name of religion and spirituality that have caused a lot of destruction. So then I take it as an analytical standpoint, maybe going uh, into deep into the mind and I think to myself, if that was done to me, would I be happy? And again, then that flares off onto lots of different tangents. And this is where a lot of people get stuck in the head. Which one do I believe? Do I leave, believe my brain? Do I believe my body? Do I believe my mind? And I think that that's something that you develop through habit. That's something you develop through repetition to be able to find your own answer. It's the work that you do throughout the year that leads up to you being able to perform on that day. Is it okay to have that answer for yourself though? Is it okay to, you know, be successful in your day by being good according to your terms, even though someone else may think, no, I disagree with what you did today was good. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll tell you why, because it sounds like a really rude answer. Um, But at the end of the day, you are the only person that's living in this reality. It's a famous quote, you know, what is the meaning of life? You're the only one here. And that gets back to you talking about being selfish um, and being selfless. Your existence is based on your experiences, your morals, your upbringing. It's based on your environmental factors, all of that. But it's still your existence. You get to choose how you want to live it. You get to choose what you want to do. If your prerogative is to, you know, 
go out there and be Mother Teresa and feed the poor and things like that. That's your prerogative. And some people will say, well, that's terrible. Why are you going into these foreign places and you're, you know, indoctrinating these other cultures? Well, I'm just trying to bring them food. I'm trying to do the right thing. Then you could be going to the beach and you could be taking photos in your bikini and posed in front of the water and look at me with the waves and have a, a post like, life is a dream, you know, I'm so blessed. But why are you doing that? You know, what are those bathers made out of? Are they made out of something which is hurting the ocean? Do there plastics in it? Are you contradicting what you're saying? So I absolutely think that you can have that answer for yourself and that other people aren't going to agree with it. And that's okay because it's not their existence, it's yours. But you also have to be mindful that if you're damaging other people intentionally to do it, then you're contradicting yourself again. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I feel like everything in this world, and this is based off a conversation we had the other day about uh, there's nothing um, in life that you can do without death being a part of it, Mm -hmm. right? So going back to the whole fabrics that we wear, you know, a lot of the clothes are made in Bangladesh. Have you, have you, do you know what's going on in Bangladesh with that whole thing not heavily but i am all ears so uh a lot of the the higher end brands um they've got factories in bangladesh and the dyes and the colors uh in the clothing and the fabrics are getting uh you know created and then uh, there's a lot of wastage as every manufacturer and manufacturing lab or factory has Mm. and they're going down into the sewers and into the water and into the into the rivers into um you know the vegetation that the villages have um and now i'm paraphrasing because this is like i don't have the best memory but i watched a documentary on time (laughs) sources are Somewhat reliable because, you know, the footage, but, uh, you know, we've seen Stranger Things. But long story short, the, uh, the fabrics that we wear, there is destruction there and the people that are involved are, are less fortunate. So going back to how you've succeeded and you can go real, real deep and then, you know, the spiritual side of things and uh, without me losing myself in my train of thought too much, <laughs> um, is there a point where you just go, that's life. You just go, I'm doing the best I can in the, with the cards that I've been dealt. Yes, I'm driving a car. Yes, it's causing uh, emissions. However, you know, going back to that scale of more good than harm, that's where you kind of like draw the line and be like, okay, yes, I've driven my car today, but uh, I drove a pregnant lady to the hospital and she's alive and well and so is her baby. <laughs> <laughs> Just something random. So, you know, people, and and this is the reason why I bring this up such a deep level is because no matter what you do, people can find something wrong with it. Absolutely. Something wrong with it. Even if you're the best person, even even like, I guess, I guess if you're part of a a monk monastery, kind, I guess, I guess that's where you're going to go, you know, off the grid. And do your thing, and they're they're very very peaceful people. But uh, where we we live right now in Australia, what? How do you how do you how do you live with yourself? <laughs> yeah. Um, when it comes down to trying to draw the line or thinking that's life, I think it's a it's a bit twofold. So you've got. You've got the times when you think about which are really good. You've got the times which you think are really bad. Then you think, well, actually, for instance, right now I'm drinking out of a plastic water bottle. 
And a lot of people will go, why are you drinking plastic? Plastic is, cre- is creating damage and destruction in the world. And I 100% agree. But when I'm at work and I need water, I need to hydrate my body and I'm not going to drink from a tap that's contaminated with all sorts of stuff. I'm going to get myself a bottle of water. That bottle of water, I've caused damage. But that same bottle of water is something which I will take back home with me and I'll constantly fill that up to the point where that bottle can no longer be used to fill up water. And so then I think, well, look, I've done something bad, but I'm doing something a lot better with that bad decision that I've already made. But then what's happening with all those plastics that are degrading and going into my water? Now I'm damaging my body again. Should I have just drunk from the tap? Yeah, plus you're refilling the bottle with the tap water anyway. Yeah, well, no, actually <laughs> I, get, I actually go out of my way to buy mineral water that's packed inside a bag. Yeah. Um, and there's only one of them that you can buy at a, a popular supermarket brand. Um, <laughs> but yes, and there's only one of them. So I fill it up with that, but then that costs me more money. So then I have to then get in my car, which I'm destroying the universe with, and then I'm having to drive <laughs> to work, which I'm destroying my time with. And then I'm having to go to work and work there, which is taking energy from my body at the same time, <laughs> then going back and repeating that process, also that I could buy that box of water that I'm filling up my plastic bottle with. It's a cycle of life, isn't it? It is. And unfortunately, that's the way, like you said, things must perish. Things must die for us to live. And the only people who don't believe in that are people who are removing themselves from that cycle uh, mentally. That's it. Mentally, yes. Yeah, mentally. I mean, we can go into the whole carnivore versus vegan thing. I am animal based, so I'm not going to judge anyone else, but everything has to die, whether it's clearing space to grow foods for other animals, you're all of a sudden destroying an ecosystem there or you're removing the animals that are trying to eat those products that you're trying to then provide to other animals or human beings. So everything does have to die for us to live. It's just how much damage you're doing in the process. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and that's the real kind of conversation around that as well. So um, with everybody listening, I know there's a lot of people that are, you know, going into that whole vegan territory. And uh, I mean, when when we were in high school, it was, I don't even remember say, saying the word vegan. No. Vegetarian, I knew what it was. Yeah. Like kind of, but I was like, oh, okay, you don't eat meat. But vegan, never a thing. No. And then all of a sudden here we are in the world where there's, it, it's kind of to the point where it's like a, like a Nazi extreme extreme extremist sort of movement and uh, uh, I, I talked to a friend of mine about this sort of thing where it becomes a, a religion mm. you know religion for me is something that um, is like if you if you have a specific belief and someone else doesn't believe it and you want to push your belief onto them that's a that's a religion becomes mm-hmm. religion it's like sport oh who do you go for in the in the AFL oh that sucks you suck my team is better. It's, it's like religion. It's, yep. it's a it's a thing, but yeah. So tell me about your uh, tell me about your ways of eating and, and how you go about things because I love I love your stuff. Yeah. Okay. So, well, to give you a bit of background, so uh, I've always been into my health and fitness, and I've tried lots of different I guess diets when I was younger and things like that, which we now call nutrition or you know nutritional plans, and I tried a whole bunch of different things, and some I felt good, some I felt bad. And I realized that I had a lot of issues, uh, which were mental based issues, um, popping up in my life. And I had other things as well, like distress and injury and stuff like that. And so I started to look into it deeper, um, and the connection that you actually have with the gut and with the brain. And I realized, well, whatever I put into my gut, that's going to affect my brain. And I said, well, what is the, the least harmful things? You know, what has the, 
the least amount of toxins, anti-nutrients um, that I could consume. And that was obviously meat. It's case closed, it's red meat. Um, and you can go into organs like liver and things like that and start eating those. Um, but red meat was the core. So I started with that, felt fantastic. And a lot of people say, you know, that's just because you just started something new and you've got new intention and you've got new motivation. That's why you feel great. But I actually felt better. Um, and I was medicated at the time, which I was able to get off completely. And again, this isn't doctor advice, so please don't listen to this if you... This is just your story. This is just my story. No. But I was able to do that um, and successfully uh, for now... We'll be going on a year and a half now. So you're meat only? So I'm animal-based. Animal-based. And what that oh. means, what that means is that I can eat animals, um, preferably red meat, um, but it also means that I can eat other things which are very good for your health, like eggs and having milk as well, raw milk, um, stuff like that. So there's a lot of contention, there's a lot of controversy when it comes to carnivore versus animal-based and all that kind of stuff. Again, like you said, it becomes a religion. People start living out these belief systems instead of actually living. You need to find what works well for you, what works in your situation, what works for your way of living. And that's your nutritional path. As long as it's ancestrally correct, you're not adding stuff in that, you know, is heavily processed or full of seed oils and things like that. Absolutely. I feel like um, the outliers uh, are the ones that are focused on in this uh, day and age and this argument about whether or not, you know, it's ethical to be eating meat or being a better person as a vegan or whatever. But these outliers, these extreme cases where people have flourished through, you know, a plant-based diet, for example, and then they become the, you know, the icon of that lifestyle, whereas there are literally millions and billions of people out there who are not genetically manufactured from, mm -hmm. from their ancestors to live that way. Mm -hmm. And it's starting to show. It's starting to show. Like I've been uh, keeping in the loop with a few articles. A friend of mine, he keeps sending me articles about athletes who are vegan-based, who get injured. Of course. From ridiculous exercise. Not ridiculous exercises, but ridiculous injuries from simple exercises that would normally be not that much of an issue. I'm sorry I can't bring it up right now for everybody, but uh, it's out there. Look it up. I would like to share one which I saw the other day, Ooh. which is fantastic. Um, and there's a person I follow, a little bit of a plug, Origins Nutrition. But Dom is a fantastic guy and he shares a lot of content. And one of them was a cyclist and he'd been doing some epic vlog and he's vegan. And anyway, he's cycling back in and he's coming up to the camera and he does a little skid on the bike. And I'm talking like... We used to ride our bikes around at street at night and that was what we did because we had nothing else to do, you know. I'm no stranger to slides. But anyway, so he's done this tiniest skid and he's fallen off his bike and he's just gone sideways just a little bit. Now, any of us would have gotten up, dusted it off, had a laugh. He lays there and he's like, you've got to be kidding. You've got to be kidding. Broke his hip. I saw this video. Yeah. I remember that video. Unreal. So I'm going to be the vegan in this conversation now. Okay. That could have happened to anyone. What are you talking about? Absolutely. It could happen to anyone, but your ability to recover from that injury is paramount. And if your body is in a constant state of distress, if your body is in a constant place of trying to repair without the nutrients that it actually needs, things like collagen, which you can't get from animals, uh, from plant supplements. sources. Oh, well, you can get them from supplements, but supplements. unless they're bioengineered, then all collagen comes from animals. 
So if you're not getting those things, then you're constantly breaking down your body and not giving it time to recover. And then when you've injured yourself, how are you going to recover? How are you going to be able to heal yourself from that trauma? And that's, that's one of the biggest things. A lot of people, they get caught up in supplements and they think that a lot of the supplements that they're taking, that they're safe because they don't say animal on it, but they've got clear ingredients which are coming from animals. And it's scary. A lot of people have no idea what they're putting in their body every single day and they just think it's fine. I remember when I started learning about nutrition, I used to be a personal trainer back in the day and uh, I needed to take the nutritional side seriously, even though I wasn't a qualified nutritionist. Mm -hmm. I wanted to create a guide, right? Some sort of thing that would help people. I got really into keto. Keto was my, like keto worked for me. Mm -hmm. Keto was good. Carbs put me to sleep. Sugar doesn't do anything for me. Um, Just, you know, tastes nice. Um, But I remember I used to go on news.com.au. This is not a plug. Please don't go on that (laughs) website. It's fucking shit. (laughs) I remember early days before it was even worse than it is now. Oh, sorry. It was better back then. It is a piece of shit right now. Um, There were all these health articles about different trends or different um, ways of eating, plant-based, vegetarian-based, all this shit. And uh, I would read it. And uh, a, a few friends would teach me how to really analyze it. Um, the thing about um, history is you learn about history, but you're not actually learning about history. It's about learning who wrote the history and to study about who made it authentic. Is Definitely. it bullshit or is it, you know, true? Ansel Keys, you know? Mm-hmm. Ansel Keys is a big, big person, the, the biggest, massive difference in the world of fight against fats and carbohydrates. But that's a tangent. Going back to the whole articles that I would read on news.com.au, I would question the article writer. I would look down, are there sources? Are there journal articles? And then is there a doctor behind this specific article? And normally there is. And when I go to that doctor, I would go right down and be like, where's their email? Oh, there it is. And I would write them an email. Um, and this was good practice for me because I needed to learn how to do it and really kind of um, verify all this information. Of course. Because all I see, friends, family, uh, Seb, have you read this article? Oh my God, I can't believe this is true. I'm like, how do you know it's true? How do you definitely 100% know it's true? Nothing, nothing is 100% true. It's always changed, whatever, but depending on whose study you're reading. So I go to these doctors and I, and I email them and say, hey, I read your article on news.com.au. Very fascinating read. Um, would you be uh, keen on uh, uh, chatting about this more? I, I want to learn more. And that was my bait. Ooh. That was my bait. And, I'd, and then they would, re- would reply because not many people actually go to those depths and they'd be like, oh, I just got an article published on news.com.au. Oh, someone emailed me. Oh, this could be a... A person. Absolutely. The yeah. dopamine hit. Exactly. Then when they respond, they would respond with something like, oh, yeah, absolutely. What, what sort of questions do you have? Happy, happy to have a chat. And that's when I would uh, pull the trigger on them and say, hey, I just wanted to know about this, 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 and this, and then go real in depth with the uh, contradictory stuff that they would be saying. I can't give you an example off the top of my head, but it would be things that I believed in but also wanted them to give me their opinion based off of what they said, which is, which is not aligning to my beliefs. Mm-hmm. And ghost, ghosted every time. And I made sure it wasn't an attack on them. Of course. I made it, it wasn't a witch hunt. It wasn't a, I wasn't out to get them. Just nothing. And I'm just like, what did I do wrong? 
What's happening? And that wasn't the first time. That was like, I lost count how many times that happened. And by, by the, I, again, don't know how many times that happened. I just said, fuck it. I give up. I just, this is all bullshit. And that stopped. Stop reading the news. Yep. Stop watching the news. That's the, that's the perceived reality we live in. I hope that they get back in contact with you, you know. A bad review, they're going to get back in contact with you. They don't want to lose you. <sighs> that one person, you know. Oh, this was years ago, you know. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. And that's that's what happens. Like there's institutes, universities that are still pushing out rubbish because they can't be bothered updating it. Oh, definitely. And I think not just that, but we have, we have a a misunderstanding in society when it comes to science because people start to believe that correlation or things that may have is the answer that well that's what it is you know they, they say meat may cause cancer or why what, oh because we had a correlation you know we had these five people that are all eating meat and they all got cancer so 100 percent of people that eat meat must get cancer well, no, that's a correlation. That's not the causation. I mean, what were the other factors? Oh, well, these people were, you know, drinking th- four litres of Coca-Cola every day and they <laughs> never exercised and all that, but they all definitely had meat. And that's one massive thing. I mean, when you, when you look at articles, first of all, if you're looking at articles to find out the truth, that's not the best place to go. You need to be looking at cited works. You need to be looking at journals and published papers, things like that. Not Your normal Google is not your answer. Yeah. And so... When you start reading and you start learning more, you go, well, hold on a minute. These people say that we don't need fibre to be able to, to digest food. We don't need fibre to be able to have a healthy bowel movement. So why is all these doctors telling me I have to eat, you know, 30 grams of fibre every single day? Otherwise, I won't go to the toilet for a week. Why are they saying that? Oh, because there was this study. Well, the study says nothing about that. But you've just, you've just come up with the hypothesis and claimed it as fact. Yeah, yeah. And then you look at those articles, you're like, oh, look at this. Look at this sponsor that has sponsored this study. That's interesting. Oh, yes. You know, you know about that one? Absolutely. Those are the fun ones. Those are the fun ones. And that's when you kind of disqualify all that information. But people don't. No. And and I feel like it's getting worse too because uh, people's attention span is at the point where they see something and it's often as far as just a headline. They don't even bother to read the article mm-hmm. to, to, you know, validate the bullshit that's in the headline. And then from there, they don't – nowhere near looking at where this came from and who wrote it and why they wrote it and who, you know, motivated them to write it. Yep. They don't go past the headline most of the time. And by then, they're going – telling their cousin, their mum, their son, all these people that, you know, this is, this is gospel – Mm-hmm. And and now we have social media to distract us even further Ooh, yes. from dwelling into these rabbit holes that must be dwelled into. And then the people like, dare I say, us and, you know, mm-hmm. the likes of Jordan Peterson and uh, a few other big names, mostly all on uh, the Joe Rogan podcast, <laughs> <laughs> they, they get censored. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, holy shit, what's happening with the world? So then you become this person where you kind of, I kind of feel arrogant saying this, but like you're, you're more aware, you're more woke, but you try and align yourself with people that you talk about it with. And then you, and then when you're in that inner circle, everybody around you is like, oh, you're a fucking conspiracy theorist or you're full of shit. Look at you hippie or what are you on about? You're crazy. You're going, you're going crazy. This headline says this from a, uh, a reputable news uh, source but you disagree with it. Are you a looney tune? What, what's happening? Yep, yep. There's a, 
There's another good example, and that's, uh, I don't know if the listeners have heard of, but Dr. Joe Dispenza, absolutely amazing. He's a psychologist, I believe, um, but he actually does studies on the human psyche at the same time with uh, studying the brain and mapping for frequencies and thing how, seeing how things can change, um, seeing how manifestation works, you know, actually trying to put some data behind what people have been doing for centuries. Um, and you start talking about, um, manifestation and they start no you you need to stop what you're doing right now and say that you can do this that you will do this that you have done this that you are doing this and people will turn around to you and go why are you just filling me with toxic positivity absolutely and they, they don't believe it because they're more they're more they think they're more real exactly they're or, more real here's another one for you he talks about negative loops in the past and this is a, a big thing um coming up as well um which changed how i do Instagram completely, but negative loops in the past, constantly reliving the same things over and over and creating stress and disease in your life. And you keep repeating those patterns and thinking that things are going to change and you change some of your actions, but you're still reliving in the past. And so you say, look, you need to stop doing that. This is happening because you're doing this. And then people will turn around and go, why are you gaslighting me? Oh, the brain can't tell the difference between something that's gone wrong in your past, something bad that's happened, or something that you perceive mm-hmm. as that's bad that may happen yep. that hasn't even happened yet. Your brain can't tell the difference. It, it's a fantastic thing. It is. It's a fantastic thing if you know about it. Exactly. Most people are unaware and they stress. And this is where I, I believe, and again, I'm not a psychologist or anything like that, I believe this is the core root of the anxieties, the depressions. And you talk about like a chemical thing, mm-hmm. you know. I'm not shitting on people that have depression, no way. Um, however, the the two differences and your brain not being able to tell the difference, it's scary. And how? What do we do? How do we, how do we turn that around for people without just going, nah, you'll be right. It hasn't happened yet. Don't worry about it. Do better. I think that that's where... That's where we have to be better as people and we have to understand these things. We have to explore, we have to adventure, but it's not just an external thing. It's something that's internal as well. Uh, Going back to what you were saying about how the brain can't perceive the difference, that cause is also the ability to fix. And this is a fantastic thing. And I I can't cite the study right now because I don't have it in front of me, but one thing which is amazing, and you can try it yourself, is that your brain can't tell the difference between you truly being happy and you're faking it. And one of the easiest ways to tell that is if you ever feel like you're having a, a down moment or you're just feeling unmotivated, just laugh. And just laugh and laugh and laugh at nothing. you got nothing to laugh about. And sure enough, within seconds, and it could be longer depending on how deep you are, but you start laughing and your body starts feeling joy. It starts releasing from that physical action. It creates a chemical reaction inside of you which then gives you a serotonin release it brings joy into you and sometimes you'll start laughing and then you'll start laughing because of the fact that you're laughing and then other people will walk in why are you laughing they'll start laughing then all of a sudden you've just given out this massive serotonin hit to everyone around you and the cause of that was because you were still living in a negative space and you used the same action to fix what you had done in the past. Yeah, you you yinged and you yanged the chaos and the, uh, what's the opposite of chaos for you? 
Success? Would you call it success? Mm. Glory? Order. Fulfillment? Order. That's right. That's, that's what Jay, uh, Jordan says. Order. That's right. So within all the chaos that you live in, whether it's personal or in your work environment or even in a sporting environment too, mm-hmm. you turn it around by being more positive and you're being optimistic. But most people, I feel, in this day and age, they're less optimistic and more realistic and I feel like optimism needs to be bumped up a little bit more where you force a change. You force that reality to be the optimism that you believe in. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I've seen, I've seen a lot. I've read, I've read a book uh, by a guy called Jack Daly. You may have read, you may know Jack Daly Ooh. being a salesman. No, no. Oh, one of the best salesmen in the world. Oh, well, hasn't met me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's in his 70s now, I think. But yeah, I read a book uh, recently about, um, by Jack Daly. He's... Um, Amazing guy. And he says, um, he goes, the best way to, you know, improve your workers, improve your colleagues and the people that work under you is to make them happy first, mm-hmm. not your customer. Mm-hmm. Because if they're happy overall, they're going to give more effort to the clients or the customers. And, you know, you do that with your family, right? If you found your own happiness, if you found your own success and you, you, you've been um, selfish to the point where you, bec- you can become selfless. That's when you you know dish out that serotonin or help ev- everybody else obtain that serotonin to, you know, have them feel better about themselves rather than going shit. My life sucks, or I've I've just had a streak of bad luck. It's just going to keep going. Mm-hmm. Well, of course it's going to keep going because that's the way you think about it. Yep. And you know, like mum, mum taught me a lot about it. Like I come from a Soviet Russian background, being in the born in the mountains of Russia, migrating here when I was seven. Um, I sound like Gary Vee because he says the same sort of thing. Soviet Russia from Belarus came here when he was like seven as well. That's why I resonate with him so much. I think your moustache is uh, more... more uh, beautiful than his moustache. Thank you. Thank you. But he's older. He might, might have fallen out. Oh. But... Um, <laughs> But yeah, like, and this goes all the way around. This can segue back to what we were talking at, um, um, at the beginning with. Um, what do you do and who are you? To answer the question myself, and I've written this down because I'm still trying to perfect it. Um, you got to know your why and then you will know what success is. So at the moment, this is what I've got written down when someone goes, what do you do? I go straight to the why. And I say, I am most successful when I contribute and add value to your life. Mm -hmm. I am driven and focused and love to share stories and document outcomes. Um, I am selfish to the point of becoming selfless. It's actually written here. And then I change the what to whatever I need to. Mm -hmm. At the moment, it is I optimize people's lives because my life's fucking good. (laughs) (laughs) But like deconstructing all of that, um, most successful when I contribute and add value to your life it makes me feel good and it's something that money cannot purchase that's true and that's and that's cool because that's priceless you know people go oh I'll buy I'll buy a season ticket to watch the Grand Prix all around the all around the world and I'll document it all people can go oh man isn't he lucky it doesn't add value to the other people's lives they just mm-hmm. get to see they kind of live vicariously through you. You kind of become their escape. And that's okay. You can be their escape. Like people watch the fucking Kardashians to escape their lives. People watch absolute rubbish like 
married at first sight. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm not gonna like start a list of shit shows that people shouldn't be watching, but when it comes to like your own self release and your own downtime, it's okay. You know, mm-hmm. you go on, you watch TV, and you know, watch junk TV or watch sport or whatever. It's okay. Um, the people that are on it are your entertainment, and for them, I guess their fulfillment is they entertain you. Mm-hmm. And then this goes to the next bit. I am driven and focused and love to share stories but document the outcomes too. And I feel like people don't do that enough. Yep. People go, I've started my business. And everyone's like, yay, good for you. And then later on when they fail, they don't post about it. Mm. Or they uh, – it's like those people that uh, have sports – like they're into sports betting. Yep. They, they screenshot all those winning multis and everyone's like, oh, my God, you're so lucky. Ten grand from a $50 bet. That's sick. But they're actually forty k down, all up. Yep, they haven't been they haven't been talking about their stuff. You know, the people that share their success stories, yeah, and only, and they block out all of the complaints and the failures. Yeah, it's, I, it's funny you mention this because before here, um, obviously I was in the backyard. You saw my post because I tagged you in it. Um, but I was laying out in the backyard, naked, naked, <laughs> soaking up the vitamin D. Sun your balls, everyone, boys and girls. <laughs> um, so I'm soaking it up, and I'm. And I was laying there and I was thinking to myself, everyone trusts someone because they constantly tell them about all of their accomplishments. But if you went to a doctor and you saw their success rates on one side and all of their failures on the other side, would you even see a doctor? And there's nothing against doctors because doctors save lives, hands down. uh, I've got doctors who are friends and I appreciate the absolute shit out of them. They are fantastic. But what would you think? Personally, if you went in and you saw this person saved three people with open heart surgery but lost five, would you go to them? What if your whole, the whole place you lived in had the exact same statistics? Would you ever go see a doctor to get it done? And I think that that applies to so many other things in life. Would you go to your mate who says that he can cut your hair? Have a look at his stats. He's done two good hair jobs and every other one of them has been absolutely dismal. Would you go get your hair cut by them? But before you would have. And I think sometimes we get disillusioned. We constantly see people's highlights. We constantly see people's success and no one wants to share their failures. No one wants to share. No one wants to be authentic and completely honest with everyone else. That's the dangerous thing. I like the analogy or the examples really, Um, the haircuts and the doctors. There's a lot of variables that can come out of that. You know, um, someone that's uh, saved three lives through heart surgery versus the five that didn't make it, you know. Mm-hmm. Eight surgeries all up, they must be fresh, mm. you know. Look for someone better. But if it's all in that one field and they're all the same, hypothetically mm-hmm. speaking, um, every doctor in the world has uh, three and five all time. That's their record. You just got to look at the alternative. Yeah. You die. Oh, no, the alternative. And this is if you want to get stuck into the state of what we view as science at the moment um, through articles is, well, that's okay because I'll get Sev to do my heart surgery. And people think, why would you get Sev to do it? You know, because of his moustache. No, but this, the serious reason, why would I get Sev to do it? Well, because he's 50-50. He hasn't hey, done he's, it. He's O and O. He's done no heart surgeries, but he's also lost no one. So I've got a better chance with him than this other person even though the other person has spent four years training for this one specific task and has some success, I would get Sev to do it. And why do you think people think like that? I think that we're taught to believe that. 
I think that we're taught to, to go through these thought processes from a young age. That's how things should be. And so that's what we mimic and then other people mimic it and other people mimic it. It's kind of like... Um, Normalisation of deviance. Absolutely. Uh, when I started Instagram, and this is showing my age again because I was one of the first people to get onto Instagram, um, there was no face tune. There was none of that. There was no pouty lips at the beginning. Then all of a sudden things started to come in and you'd see someone who would pout their lips. Then all of a sudden, all these other people were pouting their lips. Now, I was walking around the city and I didn't see people pouting their lips in the street. But they saw someone else do it on Instagram and they wanted to mimic and be like that I remember person. that. Yeah. I remember that pandemic. That was worse than COVID. It was. <laughs> and now we have all of these girls that are posting stories and their noses are like Michael Jackson's nose, to be honest. I mean, they're thin noses. They've got, you know, this defined thin pointed bridge. And you see them in the street and they don't have that nose. But now all these other people have it because one person decided it was a great idea to do it and everyone mimicked them. And I think that that's the same with how we learn or how we believe that we're thinking because we are conditioned from a young age to think like that. You think, I'm going to tell you another story. I'm not going to mention the person. But I had a really deep conversation with some person and I asked them, what made you decide to study the field that you studied? Why did you want to go to university? Uh, because I thought I wouldn't enjoy it. Why did you think you would enjoy, like, enjoy it? I asked this question to my students every single day. Yeah. I said, why do you think you'd enjoy it? Oh, because it, it seemed like a nice job. Who told you to go to university? Oh, no, I made the decision to go to university. I said, okay, let's unpack that. So where were you when you made the decision? I was talking with my parents. What did your parents say? you should probably go to uni because if you go to uni, then you'll have something to fall back on. Even if you don't enjoy it, you can go revisit it later. You it's, need it's good advice. It's good, it advice. good advice. And then the question is, well, why did your parents think that? Because they went to uni. Okay, so someone told them that they should go to uni at the start because of, at some point universities were created and no one was going to go to universities until they were told, hey, this is a good idea to go. So your parents went to a university, then you're sitting at a table, umming and ahhing what to do with the next five years or so of your life, and your parents have said, you should go to university. Now tell me again how you were the one who made the decision. When all the other factors around you were all telling you to go to university, you think that you had this delusion of free thought, but you were conditioned up until that point to go to university. You just believe that you made the choice. That's it. And like you can, I say to kids all the time, you want to go to uni, eh? Okay. And they, we always end up concluding that it's their parents or their teachers saying, you're smart enough, you should do it, otherwise you'll waste your talents, blah, blah, blah. I always say to them, go for it, mm -hmm. but have a gap year. Have two gap years. Make sure you know exactly what you want to do. And spoiler alert, two years time, you won't know exactly what you're going to do. Yep. You're still 20 years old. You're still young as fuck. And the 20s are the best years of your life in terms of the foundational learnings of what you want to do as your primary thing for a while. I've, I'm a firm believer of five to 10 years. Mm -hmm. That's the range that people, that, that's the optimal range of like a decent career in something before you either get to the top or you get bored. Yep. And then when you get to the top, you get bored anyway because you're at the top. You're going to do other shit anyway. Yep. So whatever. You're going to have side hustles. But um, yeah, it's... You know what it comes back down to? Another thing. 
is that people say, do what you love and then you'll never work a day in your life, which is fantastic. I mean, that's great to have as a, an Instagram caption. You know, that's something that's great to, to put on a, a signpost. But when it comes down to it, you may do something completely different to what you currently love. There's a lot of people who start out in the fitness industry and they start off as personal trainers. Guilty. Yep. And then they decide they want to buy a gym. Okay. So they buy a gym. They're no longer fitness trainers or some of them are. There's some very, there's some fantastic ones actually in Perth. Helix Gym, little, yep. Um, Athletic Institute. (laughs) But they buy that gym and then all of a sudden they're not personal training anymore. Now they're running a gym. They're having to look over the operations, the staffing. They're having to look over maintenance, all of these things. But they thought that that was the next progression in doing what they love. What if what they loved was just being able to see people happy, being able to provide a service which brings true joy in the life of people when they're there and when they leave? What if that's what you love? It's not always about what your position or your role is or even the field that you're in. I work in sales and I'm not passionate about sales, but I'm passionate about people. Some of the conversations I have at work are the best conversations that I have throughout the whole day. And I've got friends all around the world that I talk to constantly, but it just takes that one person to go, yeah, my family's from Shark Bay. And if you ever get there, the energy in that place is amazing. That's a conversation that changes my life. It has nothing to do with my role, but I go because I love having those conversations with people. That's what I'm doing. That's what I love. Not the job of sales. Absolutely. I'm the same with the wedding photography side of things. I get to a wedding and, or even before I get to a wedding, people are like, oh, Sev, you're into wedding photography. Pays well, eh? I'm like, you're not wrong, but you're also not right for the reason Mm -hmm. why you think I'm doing wedding photography. It's not because of the money, because I love it. I get to meet so many different people every weekend, new fresh batch of people networking at scale every weekend. Yep. It's awesome. Meeting people from all walks of life, different cultures, different, you know, uh, classes and, you know, the rich, the middle class, the, um, more unfortunate, the budget, the, uh, the people that just, uh, are in a hurry to get married because they're so in love and the ones that have planned it since they're, since they were little girls, they want everything to be perfect. But just understanding and, and studying those people in the job is, is amazing. Mm-hmm. Capturing their memories and seeing their reaction to it, you know. But yeah, it's the same with every job. It's the why. It comes back to the why. Why do you do it? Do you do it for the money? And that's one of the answers I get. Um, uh, one of the most common answers I get from students who are about to start uni. And I'm like, oh yeah, you're doing engineering. Good. Cool. Does it interest you? They're like, yeah. What made you decide? And when it's not parents, it's the money. Mm-hmm. It's, it's they're smart enough to do it. And then I say to them, do you know the day-to-day of being an engineer? They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, what do you do? What do you do as an engineer? They're like, oh, build stuff, design stuff and make sure it works. I'm like, okay. What's the process? You rock up in the office at nine o'clock and finish at three or whatever. What do you do? every single minute of that day and they're like, I don't really know I'm like, why the fuck do you want to be an engineer <laughs> why what makes you think they're like oh it, it's you know it's a good job to fall back on I'm like you're not wrong but at the same time 
what's the point in doing something you don't really love eventually? And you're right with the whole gym thing, right? My theory to that is you start off, you, you get a couple of clients. I think my peak was like 52 sessions in one week and that was too much. Mm-hmm. And it was in my house, in my like, I, I think my neighbors by then, luckily I've been in that neighborhood for years and they all know me, but yeah. I can imagine everyone's like, he's fucking running a drug sort of syndicate through his house or something. So yep. many cars rocking up. But, um, you know, I did think about buying a gym, but then I was like, why? I don't want overheads. Mm-hmm. I want to stay in my house and train people and, you know, and then I, I think I think the, the, the real factor to all this is people just want more money. People go, right, I've hit a point where, and it's the same with me with wedding photography, hit a point where I've made this amount of money per year, I want more. Why do you want more? You know, it's a question you ask yourself. Mm-hmm. To be able to live a better life? Okay. Define that again. You know, you can go through all that system again. Absolutely. And then, and then, and that's when I, I, I ran through this as a 23, 24 year old, maybe 25 year old, I ran this thought process through. Nobody taught me this. So I'm like, fuck yeah. I'm realizing it right now as I speak. I'm yep. like, shit, how, how, nobody taught me this. Well, young Taught Sev. myself, yeah. Fucking six years ago, Sev. And um, yeah, I realized, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I've hit the, the point that I'm happy with, but now I'm bored. Do I want to go further up? No, because it's no longer what I want to do. And fortunately at that time, I was learning to be a teacher as a, at, at uni, mm-hmm. which I started at 24 years of age. So I got really lucky the way that I did things in my 20s. Yep. And I look back and I'm like, holy shit, I did it perfectly. I'm so stoked with what I did and how I did it. And I'm going to do it all again in my 30s. So, and like with the wedding stuff, I can see a means to an end. I don't want to start mentoring people how to become wedding photographers. That doesn't interest me. Mm. I want to give them advice, but I'm not going to ha- hold their hand Maybe sell an ebook here and there, but at the same time, people are different. Like mm. I'm different. I'm I'm extra. I don't see people advertise the way that I advertise. Yep. I'm I'm extra to the point where you're just like, you know, I put the extra in extrovert. <laughs> that's <Wow>. fucked. That's <laughs> fucked. <laughs> that's, that's me talking myself up, but that's me being confident. Yeah. It's not me being arrogant. I just believe in myself and what I'm doing. And one of my um, one of my biggest things that I um, discovered last year in January, I met a guy, his name is Tony Pinnell, and he is uh, a Perth Angel investor. Okay. He's, he's, he's done some shit and he's, he's quite knowledgeable. And uh, for everyone that doesn't know what an angel investor is, you ever watch Shark Tank? Yep. You know, there's people that, that are like listening to the pitch. Mm-hmm. He does that. He's, he's a wealthy man, but he's very intelligent. He's, he's very, like, he's a nice guy, right? And he, he, uh, we had a conversation. I'll never forget it. And he goes to me, what if you don't want to do wedding photography five, ten years from now? And this was like, at the point where I'm about to go full time with my wedding photography. I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm going to quit school. I'm going to do this. And I just threw me, threw a spanner in the works. I was like, what the fuck? You're, you're not wrong. And then I looked back at those last 10 years. I was like, historically, that's probably going to happen. And I'm just like, holy shit. I've got a degree I can fall back on, but I don't want to. Mm. It's not something I want to do. It, like, I'm wasting my time in that day, driving my car, killing the universe along the process, being there uh, for eight hours with, you know, kids 
who do appreciate me, but they don't realize it because their parents have taught them mm-hmm. something that their parents taught them and so on, you know? So it, all of this whole conversation is like coming, coming into itself. So, and I'm like, I hope everybody's following by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going on a rant, but yeah, I just realized that it's like, there's more to life than just going down the one path the whole life. And being able to explore every option, no matter how old you are. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like the stigma is by the time you're 30, you should have a well-established career. You have a mortgage, you have a wife, you have kids, and you're working to afford that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Whether it's middle class, upper class, lower class, whatever class, um, who even cares really? And that's it. That's you until retirement. You enjoy your grandkids for a little while and then you die. Nah, that's boring. Yeah, and... On top of that, you can ask yourself, if that's truly how it's meant to be, then how many of you have seen your parents ever have a moment where they've been upset or they've ever had a moment where they've been stressed or they've been too tired to do something? If this was truly the process that gave you this ultimate happiness and joy in life, then why isn't it there? Yeah. For everyone who's older, and I know there's a lot of people out there who resonate with this, you get to the point where you get all those things. All of your eggs are in the basket and then you're like shit, that's not even my basket. I've been putting eggs in this basket this whole time and that's not it. I've got all these other baskets that are all empty. So how does this one full make me feel better? Yeah. You know? You get that golden handshake from a job that you were pretty much over with 20 years ago. Yep. And then you're like, sick, retirement. I'm going to start a cabbage patch or something, mm-hmm. you know? Teach my grandkids how to fish, you know, maybe. And that's fine. You know, I'm looking forward to that one. Yep. Big on the fishing. Um, but yeah, the delusion, the disillusion, sorry. And this is the one topic, the big one that we're going to get to. I was just going to add one more thing. Yeah, go on. Yeah, go on. Before we seg, little segue. Yeah, yeah. I read this the other day. When people dream about retiring or they dream about holidays, they picture this place, they picture this, this thing, they picture this feeling. And the question is, why is that your idea for retirement? And a lot of people want to go to tropical islands, which hands down, that's one of my favorite places to be. But people want to go to tropical islands and they want to lay by the beach and they do, want to do all of this. But is that what they're seeking or they're just seeking an escape from what is actually happening? And if you can flip that around and go, what if I can make every day this tropical paradise inside myself, in my mind, in my interactions then I could just live that for the rest of my days that I'm alive on this planet for. You don't need to retire to then be happy. You can be happy now and live longer. There's a, there's a lot of people which are changing up everything that we know from nutrition, health, spirituality, and they're living fruitful lives into their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. They're skateboarding, they're going surfing, and a lot of other people are struggling to be at work right now who are going to get to retirement and not be able to enjoy their later days in life while everyone else is enjoying every day of life. Yeah, that's it. Everybody, not everybody, most people, they work for the weekend Mm. and then they work for their four weeks off in the year. They work to build up their sick leave so they can afford to take a day off for their kid's birthday, Mm. for their anniversary with their husband or wife. Um, and then maybe take a mental day here and there. Yep. As a school teacher, I thought I had the jackpot because I had 
uh, what was it, 12, 12 weeks off? Yeah, 12 weeks off a nice. year. Solid. Work 40 weeks, 12 weeks, you know, obviously chop, chopped uh, throughout the year. Yep. And then very quickly, after about a few months in the system, and I didn't start teaching because of school holidays. That was the first <laughs> thing they ask you at uni. Why do you want to be a teacher? Can't be for the money. It can't be for the holidays. If one of them's your answer, fuck off. They didn't say it like that, but... Um, they had a they, different accent. They had a different accent. But to be honest, most universities try to keep you there to take your money as well. They're a business. Mm-hmm. They're a business. I said it. Yep. I don't give a shit. Most universities, there's a really good college documentary on Netflix, by the way, about all this. Okay. It's absolutely great. Uh, Rick Singer. I'm going to have to watch this. Rick Singer. Um, he, I'll get back to what I was saying before, but um, just quickly for everybody. If you're thinking about college, university, or, you know, uh, a higher education after school, look up the documentary um, about college. I don't know the name of it, but Rick Singer. Look him up. And, uh, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a bad person. He, he uh, hustled a lot of people out of money and, uh, you know, scams and shit to get kids into the side door of uh, Ivy League universities or colleges over there. Uh, but then the big one is uh, why do you go to university, you know, to get that doctorate degree, to get that, all those other degrees that other people are like, oh, my God, you went to Harvard and you got a law degree? Oh, my God, you've made it. Yeah, I did. My parents would be so proud. Mm-hmm. And then you're a lawyer and you're like, you get your job and you're like, I fucking hate this. Yep. This sucks, you know. But going back to what you were saying with the tropical island and and living every day like it's a tropical island, what is your what is your one piece of advice that you would give to people and, and how to start that process to get there? Be present now. How? So be present now. So to stop, to feel, to hear, to see, to be a part of what's happening around you. That's my biggest advice. And that's something that I didn't learn until a lot later in life. I was go, go, go constantly. I was the first person to go out. I'd be the last person to get home. I was all go. And one thing that changed it massively was just to stop and just to see and be a part of everything that is happening around you, wherever you are. That could be something simple as just feeling the breeze. It could be just watching a tree move. Just stop because there's so much noise inside of our heads. There's so much distraction that you get pulled every which way. And why that's so detrimental is because when you're getting pulled every which way, you're not moving forward. You're constantly moving in other directions that people are trying to take you into. You don't know what you truly want until you stop, until you clear your mind, until you clear all of the noise and the rubbish that's trying to influence you and think, who am I? Why am I? What is it that I want? And until you do that, you will never know because you will constantly be just repeating, repeating negative loops. You'll be constantly going back and forward through the motions that everyone else is telling you and you're going to fall victim to their structure, to what they want you to be. Stop. Be present. Be here now. That's it. So just to add on to that, when you're working for the weekend or you're working for your holiday where you're going to a tropical island, let's start with the weekend. What's the best day of the week for most people? 
Saturday. Saturday? Why is it Saturday? Because everyone goes out Saturday night or Friday night. Yeah. Depending on what they're working. Yeah. And they'll go out, they'll annihilate themselves. They will, uh, they will dissociate from their life and they will not be thinking about all the things that they had to do or have to do. Because the next day is a day off as well. Exactly. Saturday is the best day for most people. Yeah. This is for most people, by yep. the way. This is for most people. Friday night would be second best mm-hmm. because you've got the whole weekend ahead. It's not the best day because you still had to work. Mm-hmm. It was probably a stressful day because you had to have shit done before the weekend. So you didn't have a bigger pile than the, on the Monday morning, right? Yep. What's the worst day for people? Monday. Monday. Monday-itis. Monday-itis. I would challenge that. I would say that Sunday is the worst day. Oh, okay. Why? Because you're hungover. You've taken the happiness from Sunday because you borrowed it to use it for Saturday. Mm-hmm. So Sunday's fucked. Sunday's a write-off. But then you're also dreading the next day. That's a good point. And it hasn't even happened yet. Sunday's the worst day, I feel, for most people. They think it's Monday, but if you think about it, your complete Sunday is a complete waste, right? People can disagree. People can go, nah, I love Sundays. Sunday sesh, all that shit. But you're, dre- you're, you're not in the present on Sunday. Mm-hmm. You are not. On Monday you are because you have to go to fucking work. <laughs> and uh, maybe you're not in the present either because you're already looking for the next weekend and you're reminiscing about the weekend that's just gone. Fuck yeah, good weekend. Don't remember what happened on Sunday because I was fucked. What's your worst day? My worst day? Oh, that's a great question for me. It is. Fuck. Okay. Uh, based on that answer, I'd have to say Sunday as well. Yep. Um, right now, currently in my line of work, it would probably be Monday because, shit, I'm probably going to change my answer a hundred times in my head. And you can today. because it's your existence. Exactly. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, I, I can't, I, can't, I honestly cannot give you an answer properly because I can give you the pros and cons to each day mm-hmm. um i i and my stoic self would say i don't have a worse day every day has a purpose every mm-hmm. day has a meaning um some days are better than others um but depending on what week it is yep right um yeah i, I can't and that's that just saying that makes me it gives me awareness right now that I'm more successful than I've ever been in my life. Exactly. So that's really cool. And that's what I take away from this conversation already. Like, I don't have a bad day. People are like Monday. But I love people that say happy Monday, by the way. Oh, really? I, I love it. Okay. They're not trying to, well, some of them may try to be like justifying like the obvious, like, oh, it's Monday. Happy Monday. Or, but I do, I do not like the people that go, thank God it's Friday. Okay. Because. The duality. The duality. I'm like, why, 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 why are you thinking that it's Friday? What happened to Thursday? What did you do on Thursday? Was your life not good on Thursday? Mm. How many weeks are there in your lifetime? That's a very loaded question. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. Depending on how deep you want to get into it, going back to the all we have is now, time to a lot of people is an illusion. And the reason that time's an illusion is because it's something that our brain creates so that it can try and 
differentiate and perceive what's happening around us and put it into something that we can digest. And a lot of people get caught up in the days. And this is why I asked that question. And I think your answer was perfect. A lot of people ask, what's your best day? What's your worst day? But how do you know that it's that day? How do you know? It's because we've created these structures or we've created these systems. We've compartmentalized our lives. And so you believe, oh, well, I get up and I go to sleep and five times that I do that, I have to go to this institution. But you don't know. Like if you slept through a day and you didn't know that you'd slept through a day, would you just think that the week was longer? Would you think the week was shorter? What would happen? Yeah. A lot of people get caught up in it and so they start going, well, this is my worst day, this is my worst day. When you struggle to find out what your worst day is, that's when you realise, I probably don't have a worst day because I'm actually enjoying my days. Exactly. I actually have an addition to that answer now. My worst days are public holidays. Really? Yeah. Okay. Why? Because less things are open to explore and enjoy. That's a good point. I I actually don't like public holidays. Now more than when I used to be a teacher, mm-hmm. right? When I used to be a teacher, it's like, sweet, public holiday. Don't have to go to school. That's not the attitude. Oh, thank fuck it's the holidays. Don't have to go to school for two weeks or four weeks or six weeks if it's summer. Why don't you want to go to school? You're obviously tired, fair enough. And if that's your main reason, that's okay. But if you're over, to, over the kids and over the parents and you need a break, that's also okay. Mm. But really, you should be living and breathing it. And I'm living and breathing now what I do. Yep. Editing gets a little bit tedious and hard to, you know, get a rhythm because it's more of an artistic thing. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, there's, there's a lot more thought to it. Creating in the moment, especially wedding photography where there's no going back, there's no redo. That's it. It's, I love that. I love the stress. I love the, that self-stress that I create. There's self-stress, which is good stress because you put it on yourself and then there's bad stress. Um, Stress that you put yourself into that becomes out of your control. But you still have the control. Depends on how deep you think about it. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I I, I come across like, I don't even know the next public holiday, Anzac holidays. I'm like, shit, nothing's open on Monday. All right, cool. I'm forced to uh, stay here in this spot and, and only do these things. But then you pivot and you go, right, all right, sweet, forced holiday everywhere where you don't have to do anything, I don't have to do any meetings, cool, that's great. But it's still the worst of day because I, I feel like I'm restricted mm. because of society's laws, which yeah. is public holiday. Um, now, don't be alarmed about this uh, camera I've got put up. I've got like a double camera. I've got this app, right? Mm. It uses both cameras front oh, and back wow. at the same time. So I can do like a double record, my point of view and your point of view. Okay. For everybody at home, you'll see it on Instagram. <laughs> but I'll, uh, I'll turn it on when I have a, a, a really decent question. Okay, so the main, the main, main thing about today um, that I was talking to James with on Instagram is why do people post on social media and we're going to get right into the influencer game? Yes. We're going to go deep, deep, deep into influencers. So... I'll uh, I'll record it here. So, James, why do people post on social media? A lot of people post on social media, and I say this by a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people post on social media because they feel that they need to get either a dopamine hit or they need to get acceptance. And that's the bottom line. And like I said, not everyone, but most people. 
Now, when you're, when you're looking through social media, have a look at the pictures there. Have a look at the captions there. When someone's posting a picture and say, for instance, it's a picture of them wearing a bikini and they're pulling up the sides of the bikini trying to look candid in front of the water, what is the reason for that image? Because that's not giving anything to anyone else in their life other than, you know, thoughts and we can go down that process. But that's not providing anything to anyone. That's not a wealth of knowledge. That's not information. Give me a brand deal. Give me a brand deal. Exactly. People are trying to monetize it as well. So a lot of people will go on and I know that you've heard a lot of conversations like this. How do I get more followers? How do I get more followers? How can I get uh, sponsorships? How can I become an ambassador? What do I need to do? And the question you have to ask is, why do you want that? Why do you want more followers? You want followers so that they can look at you or because you've got something that's important to provide? And this is, again, why I stipulated at the start. There are some people who go on Instagram and they're purely there to be able to share knowledge and wisdom with other people. There are people who are there and their sole purpose is to connect with people because they want more community. But there's also other people there who will post images of themselves. They won't have anything which is uh, going to help you in your life. And on top of that, they'll provide catchphrases or mottos as captions or story videos as if they have the wealth of knowledge for everyone else that's watching. Like there was this whole, and I, I think there's some people that are still doing it, but you know, these like girl boss and stuff like this. And they jump on there and they say, you don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. You are you. You don't have to, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's also guys that do that too. And there is. And I'm sorry for making the stipulation. I just want to save you there. <laughs> thank you. Um, but I do know what you're saying. Yeah. So there's a lot of people who do that. And like you said, there are a lot of guys, but I've got a lot of female friends who do this. So this is my own experience. And when they do that, ask them why. You don't need to do this. Well, why don't I need to? Because you don't. Well, all they've done is they've recited something that they've seen from someone else. They don't have any information. There's no research. There's no, no anything to back it up. And then they're giving that message out to everyone else. And then when someone needs that information, so they ask, well, how come? Like, I'm struggling with this. How come I don't need to do that? And you can't provide an answer. You've caused more loss for that person. You've caused them to go into a disarray. This is the person I look up to who was telling me I don't need to do it. I'm stuck in this spot doing it. I've asked them why I don't need to, how I can stop it, and they have nothing for me. So what are they, what are they doing in the first place then? Exactly. What's your theory? I feel like, again, it's a combination of the dopamine hits the acceptance, not understanding, again, what their why is or what their dominant question is. And, again, the dominant question, you know, you, I need to get more followers. Why do you need more followers? What is it going to solve in your life? Oh, then I'll be happy. Why would you be happy with that? Why would you be happy with more people watching you? Spoiler alert, you don't. Exactly. You don't. And a lot of the time it comes down to, and I'll use this segue, you have family People, I want to have a healthy family. Why do you want a healthy family? So I can spend more time with them. Why do you want to spend more time with them? Because of how they make me feel. Okay, so you need to feel these emotions. That's the dominant question. And this is the core of it. You need to feel those emotions. You want to do it with your family. Everything else spans out. Perfect. So um, I'm going to bring up Google. Please. (laughs) Now, I'm going to mention the websites that I've Get, getting this off because it's important. 
Um, the the first one. So what I what I've googled is what defines an influencer. Okay. What do you define as an influencer? Uh, in social media context. Yes. Yes. Okay. Very good point. Okay. An influencer on social media is someone who will lead people and guide people to make purchases of the things that they represent. Man, you 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 Google this before today, haven't you? I actually didn't. Was, was I right? That is insanely accurate. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna read the first one. It's actually the second one on the list, but the it's the website that it's coming from. The website is called influencermarketinghub.com. Oh. It's actually a pretty good website for influencers. It's got a lot of good tools on there. Uh, I used it because someone else told me to, and I was like, cool. But analytics and shit. Okay, so the definition of an influencer from the influencermarketinghub.com is someone who has the power to affect the purchasing decisions of others because of his or her authority, knowledge, position, or relationship with his or her audience, uh, a following in a distinct niche, with whom he or she actively engages. Mm-hmm. So uh, bikini model, everybody, most of them are either um, creepy men or women, not, not creepy women, but or just women uh, who are, or girls who are wanting to have a similar image. So therefore, if they feel like they're going to have a similar image, if they buy the same products slash makeup uh, stuff, etc., cetera, hair, um, and that's the niche. And they have that influence on that. The second definition uh, by Merriam-Webster.com. I don't know what that is, but it says since 1828. Sorry, I should have done this before. Validate what the hell this is. Well, who knows how long we've had the internet for, really. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But um, I think it's it's just main major dictionary, I guess. I'm sorry, someone else called me out on that. Um, definition of an influencer, one who exerts influence, a person who inspires or guides the actions of others. Inspires or guides the actions of, or, of others. Now, you, uh, your original thesis on what someone should be or what an influencer should be was someone who inspires and guides. Mm-hmm. So someone that uh, you're talking about these girls in bikinis on the beach, like, you know, live, love and laugh, live your best life, blessed shit. And all these people, all these followers go, hey, I'm having a bad day. How do you do it? Oh, just, I just do it. I'm yep. just, I got a rich boyfriend or my daddy paid for it. That yep. doesn't fucking help. No. But you said that's, that's when it, that's when the ball drops. And yeah. they, they go, well, you don't have any value for me. Exactly. You said all this stuff about, you know, living your best life and, you know, being blessed. Now I'm struggling. I need your help. Mm-hmm. Tell me how you did it. And this comes back to the bag that we uh, mentioned before. Yeah. Buy my ebook, $15. It's going to have a, uh, uh, a universal meaning to what I think is the right way to do it, but it's not going to absolutely help you at all. Mm. Maybe if you're lucky, the 0.1% that maybe it aligns to, and those people don't actually need it. But the definition here um, is a person who inspires or guides the actions of others. I think I think or needs to be changed to and and or. Yep. Like, I mean, if you inspire someone and they do it, great. But I feel like the guide, the guides in the world, 
where they actually give you a, a specific pathway. Um, and it, and it's, again, it's not one size fits all, but someone who can validate themselves by telling you this is how I did it. Yep. And this is what I reckon you should try to do. Obviously, uh, don't get into the point where you're preaching because, you know, what do you know? Everybody's experience is different. Mm-hmm. Someone who inspires you, um, don't follow their path exactly because that's their path. Take the lessons and the outcomes from those lessons that they've documented, which not a lot of people do. Not the not – the, they only go with the order, not the chaos, right? Influences – they put out the order. Oh, my life is in order. Post, 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 post. Oh, my life is chaos. I'm just going to ignore that for a little while. Maybe I'll put a sympathy post up saying, not having the best day so I can get a lot of comments saying, you okay? Hope mm. you're okay. Oh my God. I love your stuff. I hope you're okay. I hope you feel better tomorrow. Validation, right? Yeah. But then the ones the ones that need, that need it the most, the ones out there, they need that guidance. Like, I feel like I've done it pretty well. And I guess this is why we resonate so well is I tell people, I'm like, look, this is the outcome. Kids message me daily. Sometimes as young as 10 to 12, they shouldn't even be on Instagram. They DM me and they go, Sev, I'm about to start year seven. I'm very scared of high school. The fact that I have the influence, keyword, for them to reach out to me on Instagram Mm -hmm. and ask that question what the fuck are their parents doing? And again, no disrespect to their parents. Mm. But I'm like, okay, if their parents are not helping, am I their only hope? That's a lot of responsibility. It is. I take it on because I'm not just an, inf- I don't just show or inf- or inspire. I want to guide them. Mm-hmm. So my response to a seventh grader to be is have a go, see what happens and then adjust they're obviously not ready for that sort of advice and I kind of dumb it down a little bit. But the response after that, a year after or six months after or two weeks into the year seven, they're like, Sev, I followed your advice. Oh my God, I've made some friends. It's great. I didn't have anything to worry about. Sometimes I get a year nine messaging me saying, Sev, I'm getting bullied at school. What should I do? Very common. Probably the most common question. It's just sad. It's just sad, you know? It's like, why are you getting bullied? Why is it affecting you? Why are the people bullying you, you know? And, and that's another whole debate there or, di- or discussion. But um, I, I, I push it through the process, you know? People go and put a stop sign on their palm saying, no hate, yep. stop the bullying. Great, cool. You've done your bit. No, you haven't. You just posted a photo of you. I mean, you've, you've created awareness and I guess you do that by numbers and eventually something may happen. But what about actually physically helping someone? Yeah. You know? So in saying that, how do you think we're going with the uh, influencer pool right now in Perth, in the world, in wherever? What do you think the majority of influencers are doing? The same thing. The same thing, which is? The same thing and that's copying each other in a cycle and gaining more and more followers and likes for and for no reason and that's what I see most now there are some exceptions there are some people who started doing that and they have changed the way they do things or what they want to get out there and I think that comes down to when you have those moments you know those eureka moments where you're like hold on a minute this isn't me that's not what I want this isn't who I am and they change it but there's a lot of people out there 
and not even just influencers, but just general users of Instagram that are just copying one after the other. They see a video or they see an image and they replicate that to their own friends. And the only thing that's different is that it's their physical body in it. Oh, they're just on a trend. They're just following a trend. And they keep following and following and following. And that's the dangerous thing because you're not being authentic. I mean, I go through my feed constantly. I have plenty of friends and I don't follow all of my friends on Instagram. And the reason being is because their content might not resonate with me. Their online presence might not be what I want to fill my mind with every day. I don't want to see my friends just in pictures of bikinis. I don't want to swipe through my phone and fill my brain with this. And there's no offense to people who do that. If that's your thing, that's your thing. It's not for you. Yeah. It's not my existence and I don't resonate with that negative or positive. Um, But that's not what I want to fill myself up with. But then there's a lot of other people who will just follow everyone because they want them to follow them back. And then they want to be following the same trends, repeating the same things and then they wonder why they're not feeling fulfillment in what they're doing and why, why they have no time. They have no spatial structure in their existence to put things that they truly want to do. Yeah. I don't have time to read a book. Well, do you want the knowledge on the book? Yeah, I do, but I don't have time to read. Well, what about those two hours a day that you spend in the morning figuring out which filter you're going to do and how to crop the image perfectly so that your butt looks bigger in the image? Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. Like there's there's two hours, takes 30 minutes to read. What other activities do you want to get done today? I mean, we can go for gold right now. We've got two hours. We've got a hotspot. Let's do it. Yeah. But there's people who they can't create that difference in their life. And again, this is no judgment to people who do those things because I have some friends who are amazing people who do that. That's their niche. That's what they want to do. And I love them to bits. It's just not what – it's not the content that I want to fill my mind with. Mm. Because I've got other things that I want to fill it with. I want to grow. I want to grow in discipline. I want to be able to expand my mind so that I'm more capable yeah, than I was the day before. It's your experience and it's your journey. Exactly. I've seen a girl in a bikini. I don't need to see another <laughs> one today. However, now going to a little bit more of a uh, murky waters area. Please. <laughs> the influencers who are influencing or inspiring or using the whole business model uh, like every other influencer of gaining more followers, hopefully attracting more brands, deals to then get paid, to then make a career out of it. What's the problem you see in that? The problem I see is not just them seeking validation for something or wanting to get paid for something because at the end of the day, everything we do you know, for work is doing something that we want to get paid for. The problem I see is that when those, when those dollars stop coming in, are they the same person? Have they lost something? There's a lot of people out there who they dedicate their life to something. You're fighting a cause or believing in something. If you believe in something and then all of a sudden it comes out that it's not true, who are you? Has your existence been defined by this thing? And there's a lot of people whose lives are defined by their Instagram feed. Their lives are defined, their popularity is defined by the followers. The amount of likes is determining how much they love themselves. That's what they get from it. And that's the completely wrong way to live your life. You are your own definition of what is good and what's bad. It's all internalized. When you're externaling it for validation, that's when it becomes an issue. But what if if that makes... They, they firmly believe that that's 
that's their that's their thing. They can firmly believe that, but they have to ask themselves: Am I being authentic with that? Am yeah. I am I actually enjoying getting more followers and getting more likes on my images, or am I being authentic to myself and being grateful that I'm getting a message out or that I'm guiding people in the right way? Yeah, I've seen lots of people, and this isn't a dig again, but I've seen people who are wellness influencers. Um, and if you don't know what wellness is, I mean, you need to get into it because it's a massive trend at the moment. But there's wellness influencers who are out there who are preaching a minimus, minimalist lifestyle, but then telling you to buy this set of brushes, to uh-huh. buy this set of makeup applicators. And we can go further. It's just... Sell out. Yeah, you're just buying more and more things, but they're claiming to be a minimalist in a wellness field. Like, that's not authentic, if, you're, if you ask someone, ask them, what is your dominant question? What is it that guides you? What is it that you really want to achieve in life? And someone tells you, I want to earn X amount of dollars. Just hang up the phone. Just shut down Instagram. Just move <laughs> away. Yeah. Because that's the complete opposite. If you're on a social media platform, it's to be social. That's number one. If you're on a business on there, it's to make money. When people start going, I guess, making it cloudy and creating themselves as a business and selling themselves, ask how much do you cost? Yeah. Yeah. What is, what is the value of you as a person? Yeah. If I'm going, if I was a business and I saw someone and I said, look, we're looking for a fitness model. Um, you look about right, but what I actually need you to do is something X, Y, Z. You don't resonate with that with that. So then the question is, what's it going to cost to make you do it? Simple as that. Every man has his price. Every man has his price. But the difference is there are men who have their price and there are men who have their price, but they choose not to accept it regardless. Yeah. And they do not give services for money. Yeah. It's just not worth it. All you have in life that you can control is your own actions. That's it. That's it. That's perfect. That's perfect. Um, Trying to trying to stir this pot a little bit more and not purposely to upset anyone just to help people realize during or even before they choose that lifestyle whether you're an influencer or a youtuber or someone in the limelight for me it's come out of nowhere because i'm just kept doing my own thing like i like sharing my life with people because it's fun and i'm not trying to show off I went to the basketball on Monday and I got invited to a corporate box. I thought that was pretty cool. I can see the, the court from anywhere. I don't care. <laughs> but it was pretty cool, you know, like a networking opportunity with a couple of guys from Camera Electronic Plug. Um, they invited me, you know, last minute because someone pulled out and they thought of me. I was like, yeah, cool, I'll go. Mm-hmm. And I took a funny photo because that's what I do yep. of me putting my feet in the front uh, front chair. Did you see that one? Yeah, I yeah. did. <laughs> in the Bulls jersey. Yeah, that's it. Dwayne Wade. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I showcase my life. I put my life out there for people to see. And it's not to flex, it's to say this is me living my life mm-hmm. i hope you're having a good time too and that's honestly what i'm what i'm trying to do and then when people message me saying sev i love your photography work i love how you've built your business you're going so well with everything i'm like thank you i appreciate it 
my, my honest response is always, how are you going? How is everything on your end? Yep. Um, and they're just stoked that I replied to them. And I'm like, isn't that sad? People are just stoked that I replied to them, that their biggest highlight in their day is someone with 300 whatever thousand followers on TikTok replied to them. Mm. You know? That's, that's a problem. It is a problem. That, that breaks my heart. Originally, I was like, oh, wow, look at this. Someone's stoked for me to, to you know, uh, that I replied to them. Cool, aren't I, aren't I something? But no, I, I, Matthew McConaughey said in his recent book, Green Lights, be less impressed and more involved. That's beautiful. It's like one of my favorite bumper stickers of all time. So whenever you come up uh, across someone of status, whatever that means, and you're like, oh, my God, that's him or that's her. Oh, wow. What are you, what are you doing? You know, you've identified that they've, they're a celebrity or they're of status or whatever. They're wealthy. Maybe they're your, your boss. They're your people like different around their bosses, right? Mm. They're different around their bosses versus the janitor that comes in and empties their trash can every, every night. Everybody's the same. They just have their own journey. I talked about journeys the other day too, yep. you know, different pathways, being on a different ladder, whether you're higher than someone or lower than someone. It's your own ladder. Just focus on that. But these influences, again, going back to it because I want to stir the pot more. What do you reckon um, What do you reckon is the end game for them when they realize, holy fuck, I'm actually over this. What do I do now? What do you reckon will happen? I don't think it ever gets to that point. And the reason I say that is because they're creating something and they're creating a image. And once you create something, it takes a lot to kill it. And you can talk about this for lots of different things, addictions namely. But once you create something and it becomes something big in your life, when it becomes a a habit, it's very hard to kill it. And so that might mean they move away from Instagram. They might move away from Facebook or Snapchat or even TikTok. They might move away from that. But once they've created that, they still have that. They're just putting it into different areas of their life. And that's the, that's the bad, I guess, well, not just bad, but dangerous part is that if you create something and you need those dopamine hits, you need that attention, you need that validation – you stop Instagram, all of a sudden, you're not getting those dopamine hits. So where are you getting those dopamine hits from? You've created something, you've created a need for it. So you're going to go out searching to get it. And a lot of the times it can end up in dangerous situations. It can end up in, you know, doing things that you wouldn't normally do or being a part of sites that you normally wouldn't be a part of because you still want to get that. And especially if you're an influencer and that becomes your income, then you have to ask yourself, who am I away from this? And what will I do to get money after this? If I haven't developed myself, if everything's about people looking at me and not receiving from me, then what am I going to have to do to get something of value to provide to the world so that I can get an income? That's, that is the biggest problem I see people fall into. And this goes back to my story of when I talked to Tony last year and he said, what about when you don't want to do wedding photography anymore? It's the same question to these influencers who, what if you, 
don't want to do OnlyFans anymore, you know? Mm. They stopped getting attention on Instagram. So many people jumped onto TikTok to get mm-hmm. that dopamine hit. Mm-hmm. And that would be the most common thing that I would hear. I'm not getting much attention on Instagram anymore. I'm not getting many views, many much exposure, much exposure, mm. right? They try to mask it. It's not the likes, it's not the comments, it's not the shares, it's not the interaction, it's the exposure. Mm. But they see it on, in, on TikTok and that's why it's so successful. They've, it's this new drug, right? Yep. It's the same, same drug, just in a different bag. And then oh, obviously OnlyFans. Again, I've got friends that are in the adult industry mm-hmm. who are, you know, uh, 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 what's the word? Um, ex, um, escorts. Yep. Strippers, you know, topless waitresses, um, all of the above. Mm-hmm. And they love their job. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes they get me to create content for them. Sometimes we, you know, hang out and talk about life. Yeah. They're great people. No disrespects to them. But what happens when they don't want to do it anymore? Because that time will come, mm-hmm. you know, especially with, you know, your body starts to deteriorate a little bit absolutely and people want to the new thing the fresh thing the young thing as as you know just looking at it from a male's perspective yep derogatory hollywood derogatory hollywood and i'm like then what Mm. what's your plan they don't have one they're like oh no i'm i'm 22 things are all right okay what if you buy a house because you got so much cash from this business, you, you struck it rich. Now you've got a mortgage and all of a sudden you don't want to do it anymore. I've had friends that had this happen to them. They were stressed out of their mind. It's like FIFO workers. Mm. They get paid a fuckload of money, you know, two weeks on, one week off. And then they overextend themselves with the mortgage. Yep. Their lifestyle is a lot higher and they just keep affording it. But in their time of work, which is the majority of their life, yep. they're not happy. And that's why you get all those miners who are like killing themselves, suicidal, depressed. They come back and they're not themselves anymore. That happens with everybody. And influences are like like a big one, I feel. Definitely. And it's, it's more so because everyone wants to be one. Well, not everyone, but it, obviously this is a generalization. Oh, if, but if, you know what I mean. Everyone you wouldn't who wants say no if someone's like, do you want to be famous? Yeah. My question would be, what for? Exactly. What am, where am I going to be famous for? Like people, my, my trend at the moment is people like watching me eat chicken wings. What the fuck? Mm. I don't get it. I'll do it because I enjoy doing it. But I don't want to be known as the chicken wing boy. That's weird. Mm. Um, you know, if I can exit within two years and make a fuckload of money eating chicken wings from sponsored by KFC or whatever. Yeah. Go me. Mm-hmm. But I'm not doing that forever. No, yep. no way. There are people that are wearing specific clothing and that's their brand. And that's all they wear. Yep. Very, I'm going to be very careful about this because there are people that are doing this right now that I love and I love what they're doing, but I can see their end game and it's not pretty. Mm. And it's like, you've got a few options, right? You keep doing what you're doing until you hate it and you reinvent yourself and do something else. Nobody, not, not many people know how to do that. Madonna knows how to do it. Beyonce knows how to do it. Uh, Kardashians know how to do it somehow, whatever they do fucking turns to gold <laughs> it's weird but whatever uh, but everybody thinks they're a Kardashian mm. or they keep doing it because the audience loves them for it you know they, they, they do their act 
and they do their performance and then they get bored of it. They do something else, completely left field, and then they don't get views. They don't get anything. Yep. And they're like, what the fuck? And they read the comments like, no, 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 go back to doing the other thing that you're, you're good at. You remember that episode of uh, The Simpsons back in the 90s when Bart Simpson said, I didn't do it? Do you yes. remember that classic episode? And everyone thought it was the funniest thing. He became the I didn't do it boy. Yep. He went on Krusty, Krusty the Clown show and everyone's like, do it, do it, say the line. He's like, I didn't do it. And, and he made a remix and it all was like sick. It was in the limelight and everything, super famous. And then he got over it. And then he wanted to come up with some new material and everyone was like, nah, just say the line. Mm, like, and he said, yeah. Like bands that change their style. Yeah, bands that change their style. Yeah. And oh, that's, they're a sellout. I hate it. I don't like it. Why? Because they've done something different with their creative energy and yeah. they've decided that they want to create a new gift for you that's completely different. Yeah. And you have the audacity to say that it's shit. Yeah. I mean, massive fan, Blink-182, they're on my arm. Grew, grew up. They, 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 they nurtured me throughout high school <laughs> with all their toilet humor and shit. Yep. And then after their self-titled album, they broke up. They split up into a few different bands. And then when they came back together, I was like, fuck yeah. And then that first album, I was like, yeah, they're back. They're back. Tom's back. And then when Tom left, I was like, fuck. <laughs> and then uh, Matt Skiba came in from Alkaline Trio. And I was like, I love Alkaline Trio, but this is going to be fucking weird. Yep. And then that first album came out with him as, in, as a singer and guitarist. I was like, no, no, that doesn't, no, that doesn't work. Um, but that's it, you know? Yeah. And they, they're doing it. They're still doing it. Mark Hoppus is a great guy. Travis Barker, amazing, amazing guitarist. And they still all talk to each other. Maybe there will be a reunion tour with the original trio. Uh, minus Scott. He doesn't really count. Um, <laughs> And then, yeah, but like Foo Fighters, they're releasing stuff. Um, Red Hot Chili Peppers are kind of still alive. <laughs> um, but like the new, oh, the, no, the rappers as well. Like I remember 50 Cent, 50 Cent was the best. It, he was the best. And I'd then go just, one further with Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg, yeah, that's yep. a good example. So Snoop Dogg, um, some of his old school stuff. Oh, and Eminem as well. Yep. Eminem, um, the one, the album um, Cleaning Out My Closet was in. I don't remember what it was called. Um, the Marth Marshall, Marshall Mathers LP. LP. Yep. Um, Hi, My Name Is, all those songs. Uh, Without Me, absolute mm -hmm. banger. Absolute banger of my childhood lifetime. And now he's he released an album called Kamikaze. I listened to it. I think there's, there's even a newer album now. But I listened to Kamikaze because I was like, fuck yeah, Eminem. I listened to every song and I was like, this is the same. All the songs sound the same. Mm -hmm. There's no, there's no like that, that without me feeling anymore, but that's it. That, that I'm not judging him. I don't comment on his stuff saying, Hey man, you suck now. Mm. What the fuck? He doesn't give a fuck. He's an artist. He's expressing his, his stuff. Yeah. New audiences love him. Great. But with influences, it's a make or break. And if they, they break, two different ways they break because they fold and they don't do it anymore which isn't really a break they just do something else or they break because they they break inside because they're no longer doing what they're like they're not authentic, authentic. yeah so and and you you had 
you, I, I don't know if I actually remember your um, your grid. I was like, who the fuck's this guy? He's got no posts because you changed your Instagram f- uh, name and then there's nothing posts and then you, all you do is stories, right? Yeah. And you have a reason to why that is. Why is that? Tell everybody. Yeah, so uh, I started Instagram a long time ago and it was pretty good and I did <laughs> everything under the sun to get followers except buy them Yeah. because that's where I drew the line. And... So I constantly went down that and uh, I was in a band. So it was a great way, you know, I could put pictures, look at me, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. This is me at this gig or this venue or this place in the world. Like that was awesome, you know. Um, And then after that, I was like, oh, well, now I'm not in a band anymore. We've broken up. What am I going to do? And then I had new adventures that I could post up there. I was a physique model. So here's, here's pictures of me training. Here's me doing this, that and the other, which was really great. And then after that, um, I ended up becoming a model um, and I worked, actually, I got married 24 times in two years, um, <laughs> which is a bit different. Um, but yeah, and so I had all these images of modeling. And so I put up all these images of modeling. Look at me. This is a picture of me with this person and that person and that person and look how I look in this. And then it got to a point where I realized everything that I've posted is all about me. It's all about, it's an egocentric aspect of my life and I need to change so I decided well I'm going to start putting more uh, I guess motivational or inspirational things on there but with some depth with some substance I want to make the world a better place and so I started doing that and then one thing I realized is that people would go back and they'd have a look at old photos in my timeline etc and then I'd start going back and looking oh yeah I remember in this time and I'd go back and look at them and I'd think about the time and I'd think about the place and think about how I felt when I was doing it and then I realized I was spending so much time going back in the past on my feed, on other people's feeds, that I was caught in this negative loop, just constantly living in the past. And I was spending so much time on my phone doing so that I wasn't actually being present right now. I wasn't here. I was, I was giving away everything so I could look through all these things. And I wasn't giving anything of myself to other people or no myself value. or value or yeah. substance. And so I decided, you know what? I'm going to change this completely. And so I deleted every single image that I had on my Instagram. I removed every single tagged photo that I had on Instagram. So it was absolutely nothing. And now all I do is I post stories. They have to be there and then, and they can't have a filter with the exception of black and white for when I'm in the gym. That's another reason. But it has to be there and then. I can't edit it. I can't filter it. I can't change it, modify it. It has to be real because if I want to change the world that I live in, if I want to make this existence, this reality, something so worth living and so beneficial for myself and everyone else around me, then I can't be faking it. I can't be processing it. I can't be giving a false image or a false narrative of what's happening and expect things to get better. If I'm not authentic with what I'm putting up there, then how can I ever expect anyone else? So when that person comes to me and goes, hey, James, I'm suffering with this right now, or hey, James, I need your advice on that, no problem. Do you have a a moment? That's when it starts getting interesting. That's when we'll start sending messages back and forth. We'll be talking. We'll be sending videos to each other, audio. I have some great friends around the world, and none of them I had ever met before Instagram some of them have 100 followers. Some of them have 100,000, 200,000. Some of them have no job at the moment. Some of them are choreographers and photographers for famous people. All of these people I have the same conversations with. And the reason that I have those conversations with them is because I'm authentic and they know that whatever I'm going to say, I mean it. Love that. Love that. And that's like the, 
the quote to sum that up is, be the change you want to see in the world. Mm-hmm. I think Gandhi said that. I, I actually looked it up, but then there was an article saying Gandhi didn't say that. So I said, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, it's definitely um, it's changed my life and the same sort of um, values that mm-hmm. you have. Um, my, my kind of Instagram feed's a little bit different because – it's a photography business. Yeah. Started as a photography business, but now it's a, a brand. My own personal Sev's pics. This is me. Good, thanks. Yeah, that's it. And I don't, I, I honestly don't know what I'm doing. Like every day I just, I am in the prison. I actually love saying that. Mm. I actually like saying, Sev, what's your, what's your five-year plan? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just happy to be here right now. Happy to be here talking to you. After this, go home. You know, think about the traffic, shit happens. You know, maybe get something on the way home to eat. Looking forward to that. And then hanging out with my wife and my dogs. Mm-hmm. Sick. Good day. Got a shit ton of work to do. Um, but, you know, I'm just hoping that my car starts. When it starts, awesome. <laughs> the problem I don't have for later, until later. Yep. Um, but, yeah, the people, people that want to escape and influences are successful because other people want to escape their life because they're not aware of who they are. Mm. So they vicariously live through someone else um, or to just simply escape and not have to worry about themselves for a while. But going back to when we were talking about living for the weekend, living for the holidays is next. What is the best part? of that holiday. Let's say it's a two-week holiday overseas somewhere. It doesn't matter where it is, your favourite place in the world or just some hot, uh, trendy uh, tourist destination that everybody wants to go to. When is the best time in that trip or, yeah, around that trip? Personally or generalisation? Go personal first and then what you reckon. Yep. Personally, for me, the best... Actually, no, no. Let's go general and, okay. then we'll, and then we'll dissect. All right. Generalized. So the best part of going on a holiday is finally arriving and midway. And the reason I say that is because you get excited when you're going to travel, but you may not feel it yet. Some people don't feel it until it's real. But then when you get there, there's all of a sudden this complete change of scenery and you're so engulfed in that moment that all of a sudden everything that happened to get you there, you've forgotten and you're excited for what's about to come. The reason I say the middle is because some people take time to be able to just to settle. Climatize. Yeah, acclimatize. Yeah. You know, you go on it if it's a long flight, but just being able to switch off. Some people can't do it. And that's why I say the middle. So that's the generalization of a holiday of the of the feels and then your personal before we get to that what was your thought what my thought okay sweet i should i should have done it like that too thank you for including me that's okay my my general thought is you work for your holiday and then you finally packed your bags and you get there very similar to yours but without using your words i think the best time of the holiday is that first week, that whole first week, because you're not you're not at your work anymore. You 
you're with your loved ones or your friends or you just you're starting to switch off i very highly agree with you that middle parts when you really kind of you almost forget mm. it's like that peak it's like a bell curve yep right hump day wednesday hump day wednesday and then yeah hump day holiday but then you start to see the end nearing and then you start to see that the consequence of the end is you going back home to then go back to work, which means that your holiday will be over soon. So your holiday isn't actually two weeks. It's less than seven days, dare I say it. Hmm. I, think, I think somewhere between the beginning and the middle is probably the better choice for me um, uh, as a general as well. Yep. Um, but I think... In in to to I actually accidentally went to my own personal um, philosophy, which I'll expand on in a second. But in general, general, I think people think about the entire holiday, but subconsciously that bell curve exists, and some people realise it, some people don't. I think they realise it more depending on how much money they've saved for the holiday. Mm or how many different experiences they're having or whatever. So an example is, and I've, I've had this done for me, you save, I don't know, five grand or whatever spending money. You get halfway through and you've got a thousand left. You've fucking blown your budget. Mm. And then you're living frugalously on your holiday. And you got you to like shit, blah, fuck. I think I might have to dwell into my, dab into my credit card. And you do it. You're like, fuck it, YOLO. Mm. Yeah, and then you splash out again, you know, get UberX or something. And then, um, yeah, at the end of the holiday, you've got nothing, no savings left. You've got a debt. You maxed out your credit cards and you're on your, you're on your way back home. Sure, you've had those two weeks of experiences that you, you know, mm-hmm. lashed out on, or, um, you know, splashed out on. And, um, yeah, you're back home <laughs> with more debt. <laughs> That's the general. Yeah. That's what happens in the general in a general holiday. I've been there and I see other people do it. Um, for me personally, I think it's the excitement, the anticipation of the actual holiday. I'm not even there yet. You hit it right on the head. I'm fucking excited of what's hap- what's to come. Yep. Like my last big holiday was uh, America 2019 in October when I – designed the holiday to take Sabine with me, the wife, and uh, proposed to her. And that was the best. It was sick. And I proposed to her on the first day and it was like bliss. It was so good. But then it had that money factor. I budgeted and, you know, she likes going to the makeup shops and all that shit. She hasn't been there since she was a kid. And the budget started to blow out halfway through. But I was like cautious about it. Math teacher me. And then cautioned about it and you know we, we we did really well to come out of that but before that um an example would be when i went to japan for a snowboarding trip oh shit the anticipation the build up like getting the snowboard gear getting there uh like the countdown like you would say fuck we're 10 months out you know it feels like it's a long time and then you blink it's two months out and then like the last two, three weeks, you're making sure everything's in, in like order. You got everything sorted. And then when you finally drive to the airport, you're like so excited, right? And then like 
uh, being six foot ten, going on the airplane and shit, it's not really that fun. <laughs> so my challenge is already, my stresses are already at the start of the holiday because I'm trying to hustle emergency exit seats. And then the long bus ride from the airport to the mountain in Japan, Niseko. Um, and then, yeah, it's like, it's like every relationship almost. And I hate to say this, but I feel like it's true no matter what you say. Every relationship you have with anyone slightly deteriorates, like very, very slightly, whether you like it or not, because you get used to them. You either accept them or it starts to irritate you, eat away at you. And where I'm going with this is the holiday. Every day is one day less. It gets to, your, to the point where you have to go home again. Mm. And that kind, kind of goes back to my answer with uh, what's the worst day of the week? I don't have one. And in this, in this answer for me is the fact that my, I've, I've manifested in my mind that my whole life is a holiday. And when I get to Japan, it's just another day. Mm. Except the only difference is I get to snowboard. <laughs> That's it. I get to snowboard and, you know, yes, it's a specific time of the year. Time is illusion, as exactly. you say, right? It's like, yeah, the sun goes up, the sun goes down. No, it doesn't. The earth just moves around mm. and rotates. That's it. There's no time. And even the earth is made up of atoms, which yeah. uh, have no physical. Yeah. I mean, everything is, yeah. We're going to start talking about a holographic room oh, in mate. a sec. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> um, just, no, I, uh, I'm with you. I, yeah. I understand. Like, it's the same thing. You, a lot of people get excited for the weekend. A lot of people get excited for a holiday. And the best part of it is when they're, they're finally there. But it, for other people, it's the excitement of just knowing it's coming. Yeah. And then you go one step further back and go, well, it's just the excitement of being. Yeah. Not being at a certain place or at a certain time or with certain people. It's just being. Excitement of being. Right. I've, got a, I've got a great question for you. Yeah. And this is a small segue, but if you were a superhero, oh yeah, what would your weakness be? Ah, oh, shit. First thing that comes to head. First thing. My weakness, or oh, like, I don't understand the question, kind of, because is it something that I per, is like a personality that's, trait that I have? That's why it's got to be the first thing that comes to your mind. Uh, probably. Ah, uh, fuck. I've got it. I'm just trying to say exactly what it is and what I think it is and everybody understands. The weakness would be probably being organized. Probably, yeah, or being organized or sticking to one thing for a long period of time. Like I've got too many – I juggle too many balls. Yep. And I'm not afraid for one of them or a couple of them to fall. Yep. Is that, is that a weakness? Is that like a... It works. It works. What would yours be? Well, at, when I first came up with this idea, I was like, maybe <coughs> cheese. Cheese? Yeah. Fuck, right. Are you allergic? No. No. Not at all. But I'd, if I was a superhero, I'd want to be invincible. So I'd want something like, just, you know, something very minuscule or something that has, you know, little meaning to be my weakness. I wouldn't oh, want shit. it to be like water or air or... You know, oh, but you thought sun. about this. You said first thing that came to my head. Yeah, but I'm just saying the first thing that came to my mind was like cheese. Like that was it. Mate, if cheese was my weakness, I would suffer. 
I mean, actually, no. Cheese would be my weakness because I wouldn't do anything but eat cheese. I love cheese. Mm. If like I couldn't, if I was allergic, if I was lactose intolerant, I mean, I wouldn't even really know the experience of cheese because I wouldn't, I wouldn't go near it. No, but cheese is fuck. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. fantastic. What would be the one thing that you would want as a superhero? Like the main ultimate thing. Are you thinking about yourself or other people in this right yeah, now? Yeah, well, because I already knew what my weakness would have been if I had thought about it. So now it's like, oh, well, now this is playing in my mind. Oh. Because I was going to say that my weakness would be not being enough. Now, what's your strength, I mean? Oh, I know, but that's the problem is oh. that therein lies the issue because my strength would then be being enough. And so it's the duality. How can, I, how can my weakness be not being enough and also being enough at the same time? And I think that's one of those problems and questions that get stuck in your head. I think we're all that mm. philosophically, deep philosophical thoughts right now. Mm. Like Alan Watts would be giving me a thumbs up right now in He's his grave. Here. Yeah, absolutely. Would Dave Icke would be with him. Yeah. But like, yeah, you're, you're not enough. And at the same time, you are enough, depending on the context and mm. where you are in life at that point in time. Mm. And the reason I ask this is because I think this gets back to what you're saying about holidays and with the relationships about how things deteriorate is that you, we strive to have something. We, we work to earn so that we can complete something or we're with someone so that we can be more with them and travel and journey with them and things start to deteriorate but they deteriorate in certain aspects and they grow in others and it's the duality of that system so a lot of people will get caught up in that you know oh, I've got to go to work I've got to do it because I've got this holiday and I'm excited about this holiday but then you're on the holiday so why would you be unexcited about going to work because that's the next step and it's the same thing in a relationship we get excited right. and you, you know you get the honeymoon period and everyone's excited and you know you're all lovey-dovey etc etc and then all of a sudden that starts to wane it's the that chemical or hormonal response to that person and it's like, okay, well, that's waning because now we're going to get something deeper than what we had before because we're not, in, we're not inhibited. We're, you know, we're, we're not being restricted by these emotions and these feelings now. Now I'm actually getting to connect with this person on such a deeper level so I can understand how they are, why they are. Now I'm really connecting with this person. It may and take it, years. And that's hence the superhero question. What yeah. would your weakness be? What would your strength be? Yeah. And what if they're just opposites and how do you live with that? <laughs> exactly. I think if, if, uh, if from a selfish point of view, my strengths would be to be able to fly. Okay. So I can just go anywhere. Yep. Just go visit my grandma in the mountains of Russia. Blah, hello. Um, from a selfless point of view, I would be able to stop time. So then I can stop and do things. Maybe, maybe go back five minutes. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all I need. Five minutes. See, so but the flash can do that. Ooh. And I don't know if you've ever watched much of The Flash, but he's fantastic. But the, herein lies the issue is that when he goes back in time to change things, it creates split dimensions. It creates the multiverse. And now all of a sudden things are changing and changing and modifying. And now people are leaving from one universe to the other universe and over and over and over, creating more havoc. So in theory, what you're doing to fix a situation is creating more situations for it to happen. Yeah. Or in Rick and Morty, here's another example with the acid pit. And Marty just wants to have something where he can stop and rewind time, um, you know, or pause it or whatever so he can a do over button. And he crea- it gets created for him. And so he starts using and using and using and using the button. And then he finds out at the very end that it wasn't. It was just 
other dimensional Martys were dying in his place and he just killing all of the other people who were the same version of himself. So, yeah, I think that that's the issue. Bit of a tangent there, but... That's, that's, that's deep. That's some deep time, shit. <laughs> but are we stopping the, the issue or are we creating it? Well, when we stop time, we are stopping time in a, in a way um, in terms of getting what we want. Want, keyword. Mm. So we get to a, a place called a holiday, right? Time stands still because you're on holiday. You're laughing. Laugh, laughter is an instant holiday. In that moment, you're, you're pure joy. You're not thinking about anything else. No, you have to be like, you're reacting to a good joke and you're laughing, completely pissing yourself. Mm-hmm. You're on a holiday. When you buy something or when you receive a present, but let's, let's, let's talk about buying something specifically you wanted, that handbag or pair of shoes or something like a Ferrari or some shit like that. You get it. You've stopped time because you've got it. You've, you've got that object. You're like, yes. But that stopping of time is very brief because life goes on. Mm. You can't help. You can't help it. And then people want more. People want mm. more. They, they finish their holiday. They want to go on another holiday. Fuck, it's going to be another 48 weeks before my next holiday. Life yep. sucks again. Yep. But they, they live for that one moment in time that is such a small fraction in their life, but they're hungry for more. And this goes back to the influences. The influences are there to fire that craving up. Mm-hmm. And these brands are coming in and manipulating that. They're like, hey, you got a nice body. We got a really nice $300 bikini that's in trend right now. We got it for you in your size. I'm going to buy you a plane ticket to come to our little resort with the palm trees and shit. Yep. All you have to do is, uh, you know, plug it to your 500,000 followers on Instagram and you got a deal. Mm-hmm. They're stoked. Free holiday, free bikini. They get to share that with everybody. They're, they're successful, right? And then all these people that they preach it to, they're like, oh, my God, yes, I too would like this bikini. I too would like to be on this island when, uh, when my time finally comes, this person's doing it. Why can't I, you know? Mm-hmm. And good for everybody in this scenario. Good for everybody. Good for the, the brand. Good for the model or the influencer. And good for the consumer who wants to do that too. But the, the, the deeper, deeper, deeper thought about that is why? Mm. Why? 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 Why everything? Because it's, you know, it's that, um, what's it called? You're chasing, forever chasing happiness. Chase the dragon. Chase the magic dragon, that's it. You're forever chasing it. You get your fix, mm. but then the majority of the time you don't have it. And then you're focusing that, that majority part of your life on finding, getting that dragon just for that split moment again. Is it worth it? That's a very good question. Is it worth it? Because at one side of the scale, you are doing something that you perceive that you like and you're being rewarded for it. But then at the same time, you're doing something which you're not actually being rewarded for. You're actually losing more to receive it. I think that if I, how would I answer this? If I was put in that position, again, 
I would do it, but I would do it differently. And the, the reason that I say that is because a lot of the time when I was, you know, modeling stuff or whatever, I was selling. And that's what I like to do and I was having the conversations. But if I wasn't selling, I wouldn't enjoy it. I look back at the time that I spent and I had a good time doing it. But now, I wouldn't. I wouldn't enjoy it at all because I feel like I have so much more to live for. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. I was just going very deep into my brain at that time. <laughs> people. I, you, I don't know if you could tell, see the cogs spinning. I but could I tell. Was actually, yeah, there was yeah. a few people that were coming up in my mind and there's some stories that I wanted to share, but I'm not going to share them. But yeah, that, that, yeah, that was a long one. Protect the innocent. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and I'm, we're always changing our thoughts. We're always learning. We're always adapting to every scenario and we're finding new things about ourselves and that's the magic of it, becoming more self-aware of our, ourselves and not based off of other people's perception mm. or judgment, which is the, one of the biggest flaws. That's, that's probably the, one of the most common um, things. If everybody was a superhero, the most common thing that would be wrong with them is their fear of judgment or their need to have more and more and more, mm-hmm. one of those two, or both. Um, but yeah, like if if someone, like I get people hit me up all the time saying, hey, we've got pop sockets, fucking pop sockets on the back of phones. They're like, hey, we've got some TikTok branded pop sockets coming out. We'd love to send you our range if you make a couple of videos about them. Um, yeah, give us your uh, address and we'll send them right over. I was like, great, fantastic. I, I use them all the time. I would love to make a couple of videos. Here are my rates. <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. Like, I'll do it, but it's going to cost you because my time is my time. Mm. And it's really cool to be at that point now where I'll only do it if it's worth the money. And I'll only do it if I actually use the product, for example. If it's something that has got nothing to do with me, I'm like, sorry, man, it's not for me. It's not my thing, Mm. you know? And that's okay. And that's okay. That's fine. Just don't become a sellout. That's where I feel I'll become a sellout. I'm not a fucking walking billboard Mm. like most influencers are. They, you know, do their thing. But I do respect a lot of them. I say I I reached out to a couple to help me with my brand, um, with a, a client of mine that I'm working for. And they said, sorry, it doesn't match my branding. I was like, awesome. Thank you for letting me know that. That's great. Mm. Whereas others were like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'll do it. I'm like, cool. And again, no judgment to them either. It's, it's uh, you know, you do you, each to their own. But the, the, going back to the, the main question, what's, what's the go? What's, you're influencing all these people. You're buying, you're working towards something and then... And then you get it. Do you go again? Was it worth it? And then how many more times do you do that same process before you realize, huh, yeah, mm, I'm over it. But that's going back to our careers. Mm. We're salesmen, we're entrepreneurs, we're photographers. We're doing the same thing. Why do we do what we do? I like doing photography because the images I create for my clients are lasting memories of their families getting together and them getting married. It's still work. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it. And that's what influencers will say. They'll say, it's still work. I enjoy it. And then 
uh, it comes to a point where they'll be like, I'm over it. However, however, and this is what you said, what's next for them? And the, the main issue here is influences, I feel like they go all in on that. And after that, their life, it, it just, it's just a prediction, right? I hope I'm wrong because otherwise it'll be very bad. Once you reach a certain age or you, you're over it or your audience doesn't give a shit about you anymore, what do you do? Mm. How do you pivot that? Like all these 20-something-year-old male, female models who are in their peak, they get into their 30s and they're either lost it or they're over it. Mm. What do you think the best thing for them to do is now? That value to the audience. Is this as in afterwards or as in are we talking present day right now? What message Both. would I want? Let's say, let's say, let's be preventative. Okay. Preventative. Before we had this podcast, I told you that I wouldn't prepare. And the reason that I said that I wouldn't prepare um, in such as like a cram type preparation, come up with questions and things and all that kind of stuff is because I feel like that every moment up until this point is the preparation for it. Yeah, absolutely. If I'm, I'm going to sit in front of someone and I'm going to share something and it, I want it to be authentic, then it's going to be made up of every experience and, and you know wisdom that I have had over the years to get to this point to do so. And I think that's the question you need to ask yourself. If I want to become an influencer, why first? What's the dominant question that this is answering? Um, and then the next thing is, how am I going to develop myself while doing so, so that I am constantly evolving to meet the challenges that I will face in my own life and my own existence when I decide that I'm done with that? How will I be able to move forward? Um, I'll give you an example. There's a lot of people that you know train to become a bodybuilder, right? And they lift heavy weights and they get big and muscly and you know props to them. It's fantastic. That's your sport and it's amazing. But there's a lot of people who then later on in life can't afford the food to continuously do that. They can't afford the lifestyle to continuously do that or their body has deteriorated to a point where they can no longer go for a run with their kids and their grandkids. So the question going back to influencing is if this is what you're going to give all of your time and energy to, how are you going to develop so that you can meet the demands of what you want your existence to be like in the future? And what that existence actually looks like to you. Exactly. Yeah. Because no one wants to, and I, I know we've said bikinis a lot, but that's, I guess we have a lot of friends who are doing that. Yeah. Um, and again, no disrespect. No disrespect. Um, but is your goal to then continuously look good in bikinis when you're older? If you're constantly doing these kind of photos, is that what you want to be like when you're older? And again, I've got heaps of friends that is their goal, is they want to look fit and healthy for the rest of their life and they love going to the beach so they will always look good in a bikini. But there's a lot of other people who are taking photos in bikinis at the beach and their goal isn't that. Their goal is something completely different but they're doing that because they want to appear like the other person who will do that for the rest of their life. Yeah. I'm so, never going to be a psychologist or a psychiatrist but I love listening to Jordan Peterson and I don't want to be exactly like Jordan Peterson but I love the information that he puts out there and I use that to shape what I have in aspects of my own experience. That's it. That's it. And that's really what influencers should do. Just whatever they're good at, whatever they've found that they, they enjoy doing, 
or what their audience likes them for. Stick to that as long as you enjoy it and as long as you can guide other people that you, you know, help them along the way. If it's something less educational and more of a, what's the word, yeah, like a, a eye candy, <laughs> for better use of words, and um, yeah, there's a, there's a time that that will, you know, finish, you can become a stylist. Mm. Or you can wear more of the older age, or the, the fashion towards whichever age, age group you're at. But know that even if it's not bikinis, let's say if you're an entrepreneur or you're a YouTuber or you're trying to be a, a motivational speaker, like I, I want to be an instigator. I don't want to motivate people. I want to instigate them to do shit. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're motivated? Fuck yeah. Show me that you're going to do it. Yeah. I don't give a fuck that you're motivated. I want to see you actually do it. It's like this guy back at school. Do you guys know what you're doing? Yeah. Show me. <laughs> Where's your working out? Yeah. Show, show me your working out. <laughs> Such a meme because I'm a maths teacher. Yep. But it's, it's the check to understand, right? Mm-hmm. And that's like one of the best things you can learn at school is, you don't understand it? Good. Put it into practice now. Do it. If you don't, then you don't really understand it. And then, yeah, influences again. Um, I reckon just just... Do what you're doing. Don't freak out about this conversation, but make sure you have a plan and don't get caught up in the craze of, fuck yeah, get as many followers as you can, send out an email to 100 brands and get back three to make a couple of dollars and then do it all again the next week. If things start going for you, great, fantastic. Learn about the business, get better with that. And this is the influencer. There's no influencer schools. There's no influencer like how-to guides mm. or what you should actually think about. Um, and I, I feel like I'm, I could potentially change that. But uh, yeah, have a plan, have an exit strategy, have, you know, maybe you're lucky. Maybe you, you already have your job and your influence is a side hustle. Great. If, you, if you're stoked with what you're doing, fantastic. But be wary that five, ten years from now, life changes, whether you think it will or not. People get married, they think that's the love of their life. Two years later, I hate that bitch, right? Same with the job. I love this job. I'm going to be working here forever. The boss changes. The boss quits. You get a new boss. Your new boss is a piece of shit. And, yeah, you don't like working there anymore. Same with influencing. All of a sudden, the algorithm has shat on you. Mm-hmm. Your shadow banned. Your you've been deleted. You've been cancelled. You've been censored. Now what? And I'm saying this because I've had friends that happen to this, and they've come to me and they're like, "Seth, what do I do?" And I'm like, "You pivot." Mm-hmm. Like, but that's that's all I have. I, my my TikTok account was my leading source of people to funnel through my Instagram and then to my other other content for them for them to become members and for them uh, that was my income. And I'm like, okay, now you either start again, do a new, get a new account, or you do something else. Mm-hmm. And then this conversation went real south real quick. Long story short, they told me that they didn't want my advice. They just want me to, to be a shoulder to cry on. Mm. I was like, fuck, sorry for helping. Sorry for trying to help. Yep. And that, that sucks. 
Yeah. It's like that sucks. If you want some if you if you're struggling or you know shit isn't going your way and this is the next problem. Don't complain about it. Go do something or ask for help. Mm-hmm. If you if you tried something and it didn't work, ask for help. There are people out there that have done it, have come out of that hole and have come out even better. You ever watch Shawshank Redemption? A very long time ago. Uh, so there was a scene where Andy Dufresne, the guy that gets put in, he ends up uh, escaping. But he, but in first he has to crawl through five football fields of shit. It was like a sewage tunnel. And when he comes out, it's like this little watering hole and he's clean on the other side, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes you have to crawl through five football fields of shit to come out clean on the other side. And that's where patience comes in. Like, we could talk about this forever, but... Absolutely. There's so much to, 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 to conquer. But I reckon, I reckon, like, we've covered a shit ton. Excitement of being, the anticipation, and then what happens when you've fulfilled your anticipation? Do you start again? Do you, do you keep going? Do you try and live in the past or... You know, think about the future, but really, you need to be in the present. Exactly. Yeah. And remember that no matter what you decide to do, it's your existence. Yeah. This is this is your life, and there's a lot of people you can blame on for you know not succeeding, and there's a lot of people you can forget when you do succeed. There's a lot of tangents that it can go on to. But at the end of the day, it's your existence and you need to be truly happy with what you have done and provided in that existence. Exactly. And that's why at the end of the day, more good than bad. More good than bad. So very, very long episode, two hours, 24 minutes. Thanks for sticking by to anyone that's still here. The, uh, the James, the Bond, the James Bond uh, has been absolutely wonderful. Um, great to talk to. Um, I feel like this has been less of an interview and more of just a conversation, which is always the goal. James, thank you so much for being here today. Been a pleasure. If you have one thing to tell the audience, anything at all about anything, what would it be? Be here now and be grateful. Excellent. And that's it. Love that. Love that. That's it, guys. Uh, Thanks for joining in. If you have any questions about today's chat, (laughs) I I really appreciate you all being here. And uh, feel free to send uh, us a message on the Instagrams uh, at Sevspix and fighting.average. Fighting.average. Until next time, good thanks. Thanks.